the Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan podcast by night, all day. Boom, Eddie Ift. Boom. Hello, hello. That's hello. what I'm saying, buddy. Boom. How are you guys? I'm fucking groovy. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> doing good. Every now and then, I need to see something online to let me feel. I feel like I'm I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you get a little self-critical. Yeah. And then you read about someone online. This might be one of the wackiest fucking things anybody's ever sent me. This is on National Geographic Taboo. It's a, a fake paraplegic who uh, he used to be a woman. He used to be a man, rather, and then became a woman mm-hmm. and then faked being a paraplegic. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What? Wow. She had a secret, and the secret was that she's a fake paraplegic. She went around in a wheelchair pretending to have a spinal cord injury, fooling everyone. (laughs) You think you know weird people in your life, and then you read about these randoms that it's like, that's beyond anything the craziest, weirdest people I know can comprehend. She's not a dummy. She's a fucking PhD. She's a chemist. She lives in Salt Lake City. And uh, used to be a man. Right. Decided to become a woman and then sure. decided to fake that she was paralyzed. Maybe she's doing an experiment. I don't think so. You can't put those two things in the same category, though. You yeah. know, like. <laughs> I don't know. She could have uh, made herself a paraplegic if she wanted to. Maybe she was molested by a goldfish. <laughs> what? <laughs> Did you just say everything that comes to your mind, man? Really? Why, is, well, why was would thinking, molested like, what by would, a goldfish would make you pretend to be paralyzed? I was thinking, like, what would, who would molest you to do something crazy like that? You know, I, like, I always think it com- I th- always think it comes back to being molested for some for the most part. People you, act crazy. Do, do you really? Things. Yeah, molested. it does a lot of times. You hear that, that but it's usually sexual. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, when uh, they've been molested, don't they usually act out in a sexual way? There's a lot of different things, like borderline personality disorder. That comes that, from that, being that comes sexually from sexual abuse. abuse a lot of times. Yeah. <sighs> And I, I had a friend who crazy. loved dating girls who had been abused because he said they were always the craziest yeah. in bed. I used to have a bit about it. I said when you have sex with like a really, really – like a girl that's just so good in bed, I go, all I want to do, I go, I, I, I want to enjoy it. But I just want to say like which uncle do I have to thank for this? <laughs> oh. Because – no, there is this like – sometimes like the, the craziest, craziest, best sex you have ever had. Do you open with that bit? No. <laughs> Is that how you no. get your party no, started? No, but I, but I had sex with a chick who uh, – it was the craziest sex I ever had in my life. And she was a squirter. She was like – it was insane. And uh, she was fucking me this one day. And uh, she goes, fuck me harder. Fuck me harder. And I went, I'm fucking you as hard as I can. And then she <laughs> swatted me across the face like hard. And I just went, stop. You got to go. I'm like, get, get out of my house. Like, wow. you just fucking cracked me. And I was like, D-. and she just started. What a risk taker that bitch is. And she just started, <laughs> she started bawling. And I go, what? Why are you crying? You just hit me. I should be crying. You hit me so hard. She goes, oh. And we start talking. And the next thing you know, her grandfather molested her and all this stuff. And then uh, uh, she became a prostitute. Oh, and, yeah. God. Yeah, after those girls, you? Well, after me. Well, after after slapping, you sent her to prostitution with your rejection. I've sent I've sent two girls to prostitution. Oh my wow. god! Yeah, what's their number? I don't happened? think I sent them. Uh, one chick, uh, I just dated her for a while, and then like years later, we remained friends, and she was hot, so hot, model, like smoking hot. And she calls me, and she goes, uh, uh, like probably the hottest girl I ever dated, and she goes, um, 
I was in New York. Let's get together. Let's have a drink. Just friends because it was over. And uh, having a drink and she said – I said, I'm looking for a place in New York, like a room to rent just because I go back and forth from LA to New York. She goes, why don't you come live with me? And I'm like, ah, I don't want to share a room with you. And that's not, I, right. I'm doing that. She goes, no, I got a two-bedroom. I go, where? She goes, 57th Street. I'm like, who lives on 57th Street? Like that's like you know, like serious real estate. I go, wait, you, you you're always getting kicked out of the country. You have no money. Where'd you? She goes, I got 90 grand in the bank. I go, where'd you get 90 grand? She goes, um, this other model I know said, hey, you want to go to Miami for the weekend? She goes, went down. We partied with these guys. We did coke all night. And she goes, I fooled around with her. I fooled around with both dudes. And, you know, went home and there was 25 grand in my bank account. I'm like twenty five grand. I'll I'll hook for that. <laughs> twenty five grand. Wow. For a weekend. It must be nice to be like a billionaire baller dude who could just order up some twenty five thousand dollar girls. <laughs> twenty five grand. Wow. For a weekend they've had. This is Bali. Where was this at? This Miami. Is Miami. Oh, they're, yeah. They're, those girls that go to that one country wherever Sex and City was. Uh... Uh, oh, Bahrain, Dubai. 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 I know so many girls that have turned down the $25,000 offer from some king that just like just goes hits all the ladies like 25,000 a week, you know, yeah. in there. But I know so many people that have turned it down, but I also know a couple girls that have done it and that's just fucking crazy. Well, I think there's quite a few of those guys out there. Well, I've been to Dubai <laughs> a number of times and there's $50 ones there. <laughs> $50 for a prostitute. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that these guys that get girls from America and have them shipped over Oh, yeah, there, that's, I mean, that's crazy shit. That kind of money, is, that's, a, that's a weird reality, you know, when you have, like, trillions of dollars. Like, there's people who are, like, I think as far as private wealth is concerned, like, what we know and you see, like, the richest man in the world, meh, not really, okay? Because what you're getting is the richest man in the world who has assets that are measurable, like in the stock market. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you're dealing with kings, <laughs> you don't have any fucking idea how much those guys have. You don't know. Why should you know? I got a buddy who they is... They have a bank. I got a buddy who's a billionaire, a real-life billionaire, and uh, never knew he had money for years. He was just uh, my friend's friend, and uh, never knew. We hung out in New York and everything, and then one day I was reading about his family in the newspaper, and I went, holy fuck. And I called him on the phone. I'm like, you have money. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. You have, like, fucking money. And His family like, does. Yeah. And I said, this is bullshit. We have never gotten to take advantage of this. <laughs> I said, you have, like, crazy fuck you money. So years later, he came into the money, like, where it was his. Ew, that's so creepy. Just sitting around lazy, waiting for it to happen, waiting for someone. Well, to no, die he off. he worked hard, but but someone did blah, die. Blah, I don't blah. I don't want to give away who he possibly is, but okay. But in one year, he went from fucking zenith to nadir. Like he he straight to rehab. Like he, in a year, in a year from when he like took over the money to. He was. He would call me and be like, "I'm in Vegas. I got the top floor of the Wynn rented. I got slip and slides down the hallway. There's oh there's strippers and hookers everywhere, oh and we got God. midgets in uh, stormtrooper outfits serving us drinks." And he'd be like, "I'll have a private jet picking you up. Get here now." How much money did he inherit? Uh, about five billion dollars. <gasps> yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. And he's That's not fun anymore. <laughs> Clip right there. He's that's, not fun anymore. That's a com that's a complete ball changer. God damn. He's not fun. Five billion dollars. It's the one fun? guy that How like he not fun? What because the rehab kind of uh it killed it. Yeah, killed it. No, he only needed a year before he went into rehab? Yep. Wow, that's hilarious. And what was it for? Coke? He was smoking crack. Oh. oh like the mayor of Toronto. <laughs>
Have you seen that shit? <laughs> no. You seen the mayor of Toronto got busted smoking crack? No. It's hilarious. They have pictures of him smoking crack. Oh, dude, he took hilarious. pictures of people while he was smoking crack. The mayor of Toronto apparently is a hoot. He's just a fucking wild man. And he's out there, like, in the hood, smoking crack. <laughs> the, mayor. the mayor. Well, that was Barry. Mayor Barry yeah. from D.C. was smoking yeah, crack. I guess this guy feels like if Mary and Barry can do it, why can't a white guy do it? I never uh, – I my, my old partner on my radio show in New York would smoke crack. And, oh, uh, Jesus. And I heard it when I joined the show. They were like, don't hang out with them. Don't lend them money. Oh, my God. And, and this is, they knew this and, and he, he was, was on the air with He was totally you? functioning. Functioning. Oh, wow. And uh, we would, he would party hard. And oh he, he had a gambling problem. He's still on the radio now. I don't want to say his name. but Artie Lang? <laughs> no. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, that sounds like Artie. I, I'm pretty sure it's well known, so I'm not, I'm not saying anything. Well, say but, his fucking name. Nah, I don't, I just Danny Bonaducci. No, but anyway. He, Who one, the fuck is one, it? The first day. Look at that. You see that picture of the mayor smoking crack? First day we went to – we went to McDonald's to get lunch right. the first day on the air, and he starts talking to me about comedy, and he's like, hey, you make money doing comedy? I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know. And he's like, can you lend me some money? First day. Oh, so, my God. Can so, you lend me some money? So then one night, he never came to my shows or anything. One night, he came to a show at Stand Up New York, comes to the show, and he's at my show, and I have to do like three shows there. After the first show, he's like all excited. Oh, this is fucking great. Bro. He goes, let's go out. Let's go. We're going to go out. And I'm like, ah, I should probably stick around here. He's like, no, come on. We're going to go party. We'll come back. Who's that voice you're doing? I'm not telling you who he is. But he left, and I never saw him again that night. And we heard a story. He ended up like in the bus station. He was buying crack. He was in a bus station. But he's been fired from every radio station. And uh... Fucking crack. Crack. Who does How did you just get into that? Well, if you had money, why wouldn't you just go straight to the good shit? Why would you mm. go to like the I shitty drink? I asked my friend, and he said he just he, it was such a bad thing for him. He couldn't say no to anything. So when you're around drugs, everything just starts coming around. Like he would go, "Okay, I'll try that. I'll try that. I'll try that." Is this when you want sports guys? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> you're such that a WNEW dick. morning you're a show. Dick. Sports guys. You're a dick. Well, you're, you're the one who's telling me it's in the fuck. You were being very. I did a bunch of radio though. How dare uh, you? How dare you? That's exactly <laughs> who the fuck it is. You son of a bitch. We won't say the dude's name. That's what you're trying to avoid. Yeah. I just need to know. From I weirdly education. haven't spoken to him since then. Like we How weird. Out. Seems no, strange. I talked to him. Crackhead. I talked to him this week. Does he look like one, Joe? Like his picture? No. Look at his picture. I, 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 I talked to him on I be rude. Friday or Saturday. We, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's nice. First time in like 10 years. Yeah, working with people that are on drugs is very strange. You know, hanging with people that are, I I had a friend who had a serious fucking crack, coke, and heroin problem and eventually died. Is a good buddy of mine in uh, New York, and he, you know, he would fucking vanish. He would go on benders, and you know, he would always want to get dropped off like near a crack house. Like oh. it was, it was really crazy. And then he would clean up for a while, and he'd be great. And then he'd go right back at it. And did you ever work the Kansas City Club, Stanford? And oh Sons? fuck yeah, those guys, With Beetlejuice. You know, one of them, <laughs> one of them died. Oh, you know, things happen over here in Kansas City. I'm Craig Glazier. Uh, I'm Craig Glazier. Uh, I got a, I got a Maserati. Things and, happen uh, in the. I'm bagging, I'm bagging this black chick. I gotta City. see her. She's uh, I'm the king of Kansas she, City. She's pretty hot. Uh, Joe Rogan won't come back here. I don't know why. I, it's weird. I call him every week, and so he just strange. doesn't return my calls. And <laughs> I would like to come back to Kansas City, but I don't want to deal with. 
Uh, those dudes are great to have in your rear view mirror. <laughs> they need to be known, though, by the world. Well, they're characters, and I appreciate them. I really do. I appreciate all comedy club owners. I mean, he didn't. I had a good time working for that guy. He didn't try to fuck me. No, uh, no, no. He got along he, well. He pays you. Pays you. <laughs> I don't mean. Yeah, I meant financially. I meant financially. I mean, I've had issues before. I mean, these guys to this day that I'll, I'll never forget. You know, and these are a couple of guys I still work for that tried to fuck me, and they didn't get away with fucking me but i know the fact that they tried to and it's like come on man you know lies about how many tickets are sold and you find out or you know uh, there's clubs that there's a, a famous story of a guy on stage at a club and he makes everybody in the club uh count off a number i'm like well first of all what a douchebag he is to use his stage time to find, find out, out if how he's many getting people fucked financially but the fucking – it was 200 seats under what he thought it was. Damn. Like he looked out and he's like, this is not 300 fucking seats, man. And the guy's like, it's 300 seats. What do you want to tell me? You know, we got a door deal. It's your money. You know, and he was wrong. Oh, oh yeah. The, the comedian was right by 200 seats. Oh, the seats. comedian was right. The club tried to fuck him by 200 seats. <laughs> I, heard, I heard a comic uh, at one of the clubs, one of the clubs I was working – that a comic came through and that he would take so many comps. They would sell it out and he, had a, he was on a guarantee and then they would take like 40 comps or whatever. And then his manager would be outside scalping the comps. Oh, my wow. God. Was it Barry Gatz? <laughs> no, but I love that story. That's hilarious. That sounds normal. That sounds like a guy <laughs> trying to hustle. Hey, you got to make money. What are you going to do? You know, maybe he's managing a guy that's not on TV yet. Need some cash. No, this guy was a big name. Hey, it... <laughs> maybe he's got bills, you know, he's got a little overhead. He wants to make an extra, I mean, what are they? Let's say 40 hey, bucks a ticket. Hey, look, I got, I got pills to pay. I got bills to pay. Do you ever? Do you guys ever count? I mean, I've done that before where I will sit in the back and just try to count, like, I have a rough number. At yeah, least. yeah I, I absolutely I do. Um, you should do that. Well, you should know how many seats a club has legitimately if you get a, a deal. But if you don't have a deal, it doesn't matter. You know, if you get paid X amount per week. I've had some shitty shit just happen oh, yeah. lately <clears throat> where, um, you know, where uh, – I, no. Well, you know what? I, uh, shady, think about think shady. about whether or not you want to say it or yeah, not. Yeah. But I know what you're saying. There's a uh, you know, and I, like I said, I appreciate comedy club owners because it's a fucking business that I don't want to be in. No, it's impossible. I don't want to be dealing with a bunch it's, of guys like us. Could you imagine dealing with a bunch of us every week? That's who you're making your living off of. That's gotta be crazy. You gotta count on Joey Diaz to show up for a weekend, <laughs> or you don't pay your, your fucking bills. You know, you gotta count on. This guy to show up and not be crazy. That guy to show up and not do crack after the first show and then fuck off the the last two shows. The club I just worked at, uh, the club owner, great guy, and it's a it's a funny. It, have you ever heard of this club, Captain Brian's? No. Do you know about that? Captain Brian's? No. It's a seafood restaurant in Florida, and the guy brings in the big big names, and you know Drew Carey just did it recently, and and he this guy knows how to market he knows how to sell tickets he's in this little island in florida called marco island and he packs this seafood place and he sells everyone a dinner and he's moving up uh up near naples to a 650 seat location that possibly if they move the chairs right they can put 1100 in oh my god and he's and he's awesome and he stands by the comics i love this because there was a comic who got in trouble recently like got in trouble down there and, and the cops were after him and he stood by him and uh the other night i got in a bit of an altercation at his club and i thought he wasn't there and i thought the i called him the next day to kind of say look 
wasn't my fault. I just want to let you know. And they're all like, don't worry about it. He's got your back. Like he's he stands behind his comics. And I thought, oh, you know, I'm getting they're going to tell me never fucking come back here, blah, blah, blah. And uh, and he's 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 one of those good guys. There's a lot of real. There's yeah. a lot of scumbag. There's a lot of piece of shit. It's tough blah, blah, business. Blah. The, the, the nightclub but... business is tough. First of all, think about who's your the people that you're dealing with for the most part are drunk. You're, you're basically a drug dealer. That's what you are. Not only that, they do their drugs in your establishment. And by the way, you could be sued if you give them too many drugs and they get in That's their car true. and go smash into someone and kill them. Yeah. So you got a lot of stress. And then you got these drunk people that want to yell things out while the show's going on, and then you have to get them kicked out, and then you find out your bartender's been stealing from you, and then you found out, you know, this is going on, and that's going on. And to have on. comics, the yes. worst people in the world in your place. In I think truck. we're not the worst. I think we're second. I think Behind who? Bands. Really? I th- yeah, I think bands would be worse. But I think bands get a little more of a, a, a little more leeway than comics do. I don't know about that, man. Because they're expected to fuck up. They're they're expected to be wild and crazy. But I know a band which were main Stone Temple Pilots, and they were hired for uh, a birthday party of a friend of mine, Dana White, and <laughs> I was there. While that Scott guy, the lead guy, yeah, yeah. was throwing a fucking temper tantrum in the, the back about the the show, like has to start in you know in X amount of minutes, or they're fucking leaving and fuck this and fuck that. Wasn't he the heroin addict? Yeah, yeah. They were paying him a shitload of money to be there, and it was really weird because the show starts and they go. I mean, this is a private party, mm-hmm. fucking Stone Temple party. Stone Temple Pilots is at a private party. Yeah. Okay, so I don't know what insane amount money? of money they had to pay them to do that, but I assume. It was big money. So um, anyway, um, the, the, they come out and are fucking nailing it. But no one's paying attention. Uh, it's the weirdest thing ever. Because you got Stone Temple Pilots, and they're on stage, and they're fucking killing it. That guy is a bad motherfucker. <laughs> and when I watched it, I was like, I was like inspired to perform better on stage after watching him do a live show. But when I tell you there's... Ten people on the dance floor? I'm being kind. There's ten no people on the dance floor, attention. and the Stone Temple motherfucking pilots is on stage. They didn't know what to do yet because everybody had been sitting down before uh, we brought Stone Temple pilots up. It was like uh, a happy birthday Dana thing. A bunch of people gave speeches, and I, I gave a speech, and then I brought up Stone Temple pilots. So and then someone says, one of the executives, like, come on, everybody, get up, get up, get up. Like he felt bad that no one was on the dance floor. But it was it was a strange moment. Like, first of all, people did not expect that Stone Temple Pilots was going to be there. It was a surprise. So it kind of tripped Dana out. It tripped everybody out. They're like, what? And then, boom, these guys go up on stage, and people didn't know exactly what to do. <laughs> well, I've, I've, I've talked to guys in bands, and, and for them, you know, for us, corporates are fucking hell. Well, it just uh, feel like a, you feel like a whore. Well, they do too in bands, and it's tough because – when when they play a concert, their fans come to see them. All of a sudden, in that crowd, there might have been maybe a tenth of the people were their fans. Well, they were so badass, it didn't matter. But what did matter is at the end, he had to sing Happy Birthday mm. to Dana. Mm. He had to sing it. <laughs> happy Birthday. You're singing Happy Birthday. And you're not just singing it. You're singing it to a man. And you're saying happy birthday to a man, and that's part of the game. Was gig. it like a slow song, or was it like, like a rock-out song? Well, he had his dick in his hand. So, <laughs> I mean, you can't sing that fast when you're jerking off. He just got kicked out, by the way. They kicked Stone oh, Temple he? Pilots kicked him out. I, I met him in, uh, you know, the bar right next to the Laugh Factory? Uh, I forget what it used to yes. be called, Hyde or something. Yeah. I was in there one night, 
And this dude walks up to me and asks me for drugs. And I look at him. <laughs> I look at him and I go, holy fuck, it's you. And I'm like, how cliche is this? Like you just – but he, and, and I was all excited about it. Say? I'm like, Scott Weiland just fucking asked me for drugs. <laughs> and everyone in there was like, yeah, he asked us too. He asked ah. everyone here. Like he just walked around going, you got drugs, you got drugs, you got drugs. I hung out with that dude from Friday last night, the big guy that looks like Ving Rhames, but his, one of his eyes is like silver and stuff like that. You know who I'm talking about? That big, big black dude. What's his name? Oh. Debo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. He, uh, he was there with his daughter, like six-year-old, seven-year-old daughter and his wife, and he just came in to hang out for a bit. Came in where? To the comedy store. Oh, that's hilarious. Like at 1 a.m. Yeah, if you wow. want to meet famous people, go to the comedy clubs in L.A. Yeah. That's yeah. where they go. <laughs> There's a lot of that. Bam was there also. Wasted. The Bam? Scott Whalen guy, what, what drugs in specific? I, I don't want to say, but I think he asked for I – mean, I'm not positive, but I think he asked for Coke. Yeah. I think he asked like for Coke. somebody would ask for. Yeah, because you're not going to ask for heroin. You're not going to no ask one, for weed. No one has heroin on them. Who asked for weed? Uh, Ever have a dude to ask you for weed? Really? Yeah, yeah I've had a lot of people ask me for weed. Yeah, but you hanging around with brokesters at the comedy store. No, it's mostly tourists from Canada and stuff. Oh, like, that's I even just... worse. And I've been accused – actually, this week, twice, I was accused of being on coke. Twice. Really? Yeah, I, I hung out – after my show, I met uh, these doctors who went to the same university I went to, and we started talking. And uh, they came back the next night, and they were talking to me, and something came up about drugs. And they were like, oh, you don't – you really don't do cocaine? I said, No. And they go, oh, we were sure you were on coke. Your pupils are really dilated. And uh, these two doctors <laughs> thought I was on coke. So then the next night I got in, some, got in this like altercation with this dude. And he's like, you're on coke. You're on coke. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, he's like, I'm getting the cops. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not on oh, coke. That's hilarious. Yeah. And I'm like, why, why does everyone think I'm – And I said well, You're a little time. like – That's you, what he said to my energetic. friends. Yeah, they were like, you're, you're, you look Spit. like you're on coke. No, you don't. There's a big difference. People would just like to say shit like that if you have too much energy. They want to calm you down and slow you down. It's sort of a subliminal way to get you to stop being so uh, – if, if they're getting elevated and you're getting elevated, if they say you're on coke, you automatically try to like suppress it. Well, it's, 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 our, it's we, a weak checkers move. Probably what was happening because this guy and I were kind of getting in a fight. And he was like, yeah. I'm calling the cops. Cool, on sure. Why do you fight so much, man? How I did fights to get in? <laughs> no, I never fight. I never, ever you fight. You just get really close? But no, this one almost happened Saturday night. About what? Um, I walked – I was leaving the comedy club. And I'm I'm going to I, I rented a scooter I was on this little island I rented a you scooter to get, to get your around. ass kicked <laughs> and I thought, oh man a yeah, fucking yeah, scooter yeah. it was so much fucking fun I could not I bet but I just don't trust those car things that are all around you <laughs> yeah but it, this island nobody there's people in golf carts oh, okay it's so it's isolated so I I see the staff in this bar across the parking lot this Irish pub and I thought I'll go in they're all really nice they work real, I'll go buy them around and say goodnight oh, so I go nice in guy. to buy them a round of drinks and the bartender kind of loses it this chick that uh it's 1 30 and she's like oh you know it's the you know last call or whatever and I said I just want to get them a drink and she st they said I, I thought you stay open till two it's always open till two she started yelling at them and she was being really cunty to every single person mm. and I'm I like to think I'm good with people so I went around the bar and called her to the side to be nice to her and say, hey, I know you might be having a bad night, that kind of thing. I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry if I ordered a round. It's late. <laughs> because really I wanted more limes in my drink that she gave me. And I go, uh, is there any way I can get some more limes? And she was like, really? You want more fucking limes in your drink? 
And I was like, yeah. And then it just started to get more and more heated where she just was like berating me. Like just – and it wasn't it wasn't like this Daniel Tosh like uh, ha, 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 I'm joking kind of thing. It was – she was just being a cunt to me. And I went like this. At the end, she goes, so do you want your limes now? And I go, no, I don't. I don't want the limes. I don't want anything from you. I go, because you're a horrible person. I go, and I don't say that to anyone. I go, you're a horrible person. And I walked over to the other, the staff, and I go, she's the worst person I've ever met in my life. I go, well, you got off light. If that's the worst person you ever met. Well, yeah. well I was exaggerating. <laughs> but uh, You spell horrible with but, a W? But I, I kept horrible. going. I said, this person, uh, I said, I don't know what happened to her in her life, who physically or mentally abused her or whatever. I said, I go, I've had murderers on my podcast that are nicer people than her. I go, I've had, I've had a couple people on my podcast that have murdered people. You and, shouldn't say that probably. And, and I right. said, no, no, they're, they've gone to jail and served time and everything. Oh, for okay. it. But I go, I, she's the, and I just kept talking to them, but loudly that she could hear it. So she went in the back and started crying. And, uh, like I broke her. She, she, that was it. And, uh, so I'm out in the parking lot and all of a sudden two guys that work in the back of the kitchen come running out at me and they come like running at me. And I know there were cops in the parking lot. I go, where are the cops? And I'm just like backing up, like looking for the cops. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to fight these guys. And then, uh, no cops. So I'm like, Oh fuck, this is happening. And I'm like, they're going to, they're going to jump me. You know, this is like some town in Florida. And I'm like, I, I don't know what to do. So, I uh, do what I do best. I lied. <laughs> What'd you do? I go, you don't want to fuck with me, guy. I look at the one guy. I go, you're old. I'll drop you in one punch. And I look at the other guy. I go, I fight MMA, dude. I'm going <laughs> to choke you out. I'm going to kick your teeth in. I go, when you go out, I'm kicking your fucking teeth in, and you're going you're gonna to wake up with no teeth, and I'm going to ride away on my scooter. <laughs> and I didn't, that I didn't mention I had the scooter. It, it diffused it so quickly because the guy realized that, like, he was like a big fat dude. And the truth is, one on one, I could probably. Here's what happened the old dude and the fat dude want to fuck the cunt. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Exactly. They came out to try to get some brownie points. They tried to do some white knight action. But then the dude goes <laughs> to pull out of his pocket, and I'm like, oh, fuck, he's got a gun. And I'm like, I should have just run. I should have just run when they right. came out. And he pulls out his cell phone. He goes, I'm calling the cops. And I'm like, good. You guys just were going to jump me. I go, get the cops. And he goes, you're on coke. You're on coke. And I'm oh, like, Because I was getting okay. – I'm like, I'll fucking drop both of you. I'm like, I'll do it. And uh, You're on coke. And, I mean – well, that it that, is Florida. that sounds like a coke move, and you are in Florida. <laughs> I mean, to talk some shit and make up a story about you being an MMA fighter. What if the guy was like, "Who do you fight for?" Oh, I I was just I was doing anything to save myself from right. fighting because I was like, I do not want to fight these two guys because right. my thing is I never want to go to jail. <laughs> I'm not. I, yeah. I'm claustrophobic. I don't. Well, want especially to get when the cops up. don't know the whole story. Exactly. And you don't know if the guy is going to be a friend of the cops. You don't know. Yeah. And a small town like that. Oh, yeah. and, and easily the cops could beat the fuck out of you. For and him. I had just heard that day about a comedian <laughs> that was there a few weeks ago. Who? It's a very funny story. <laughs> you going to name this guy or no? I, you I, motherfucker! You're full of half stories. All right, I'll tell it. I don't think he'll care. Even it, oh. was, it was Jeff Die, and uh, oh, no, do you know sorry. Jeff Die? He's a no. good guy, okay. and he's a funny guy. And he 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 was on Last Comic Standing. He's got a show on MTV. But Jeff, like, they stole some. They were at like some bar after the show, and they stole a jersey, like framed jersey wall? off the wall. Oh my god! Took it back to the condo. Had these chicks wearing it, taking pictures of it. Everything. Put it on Instagram. Put it on Instagram. Put it on everywhere. Oh my god! Then the the the. 
the bar called the cops. Cops got involved. Uh-huh. They 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 bring it back. They apologize and everything. So show Sunday night. They go back to the bar after the show. They take it again. What? Fly with it to L.A. What? <laughs> Put it back on Instagram. And then all this shit happened again, and they had to send it back. Oh, but, my God. But that happened, that happened two weeks ago. So in my head, I'm like, these cops aren't going to. Right. Not gonna like a comedian in the parking lot. Oh looks yeah, like he's starting to fight. Yeah, that's Jeff, good Jeff, move. Jeff Dye was the one that attacked Tony Hinchcliffe once on on Twitter, calling him out. Saying, he attacked him about he, what? His comedy. Really? Yeah. What about his comedy? And it was it was so long ago, but we did a podcast all about it. Uh, it what, was that, something you didn't like it. It was something like uh, Tony. If you know Tony's uh, c- comedy, it's very sarcastic, yeah. very dry, very like almost like the, uh, Jeffrey Ross, the burn, because that's what he does for uh-huh. a living. He writes for it. And he said something like he was having like a weird set, and then Tony said something like, you know, to like I know I'm a great comedian, so fuck you or something like that, like right. sarcastic. And Jeff started like tweeting things like Tony, you, your ego, this or something like that. I can't remember, but. Yeah. Uh, it, it was in a podcast we did in Ice House Chronicles the day it happened. Uh, and, yeah. You know, when some situations like that happen, when a guy just decides to, like, go after another comedian. Right. That's why it's kind of weird. Why would you do that? It's a, it's a douchebag detecting device. That's what it is. It's like when a guy flares up like that, like, oh, you've been trying to hold that douchebag down, haven't you? <laughs> but look, it just flared. You saw a guy say something and you decided it was time to cunt it out i'm amazed you know? when guys do it because i have i've always been under the impression that's like if if i don't like you i'll say i don't like well you, that's but... a thing too you're like a guy's bombing and he says i know i'm a great comedian so fuck you guys that's kind of a funny thing to yeah. say and you just decide to go and attack him why are you doing it you're doing it because you're insecure that's but the I only always the thought, only reason why anybody does i always that. thought there was kind of a code of ethics among comics to not go after each other like yeah that. well especially when you're fucking around you know, I've I've heard people talk shit about guys that went on stage and were trying out new material. Like, oh, his new material fucking sucked. It was terrible. Like, how about you don't even write any new material, all yeah. right? You're making fun of a guy who's up there and, you know, maybe it didn't go well. You know, maybe he tried some shit out and it didn't go well. <laughs> but what the fuck, man? You know, for you, for you to – you pretending you don't know what that's like? What yeah. does it say? Here's what he said. And the winner for the most disgusting display of arrogance is Tony Hinchcliffe, false sense of fame. Oh, what's wrong? And Tony says, oh, what's what's wrong, wrong? howdy pants? And then he wrote back, Tony, you told the crowd I taped TV today, so if this goes bad, fuck you. That's funny. (laughs) That's that's like, that's the same. It's a joke. That's Yeah, exactly. That sounds exactly like how Tony Chinchcliffe does his whole act. Sounds like there was more, though, behind that. It's a jealous bitch. No, there wasn't. I asked Tony. He's like, I don't even. Really? (laughs) Well, Tony's gotten notoriety right now. You know, he's working for the Burns, doing well. That was one thing that I've always noticed. Whenever a comic would break away from the pack, you would always see a flood of guys talking shit about him mm. especially in the early days like the first guys to get sitcoms and you know and the first guys to like get i remember having conversations with people and i'm like why do you care like how does it affect you if this guy is not funny but he's doing really well uh, somebody obviously likes him yeah i've always whenever i feel anger towards a comedian i always try to look at myself and say Am I angry at them or am I angry at myself because I'm not doing what they're doing? Am I angry because I don't have the sitcom? Am I angry because because I'm not doing For that sure, there's, there's that. And you know what? For sure, the people have different tastes too. 
And if I don't like something, it doesn't mean it's not right, good. Right. Like I was in a car the other day, and some guy tried to play some band for me, you know, and he, he's playing it loud. I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna open this door and jump. <laughs> I'm like, this is terrible. This music is terrible. And he's like, they're a cool new indie band from Seattle. I'm like, they need to stop. They need to stop right now. I'm like, this is nails on a chalkboard. But to him, this was like some cool shit that he wanted to play me, you know. And I, I look, Eddie Bravo doesn't like Leonard Skinner. <laughs> Okay, I try to play some Leonard Skinner for Eddie. Eddie Bravo doesn't want to hear Leonard Skinner. I, you know, I can play it for Ari Shafir, who's got like the shittiest. He likes Lana Del Rey, and he he only listens to it when he's naked. But like his his sense of music, like, I'm not into his type of music. But I can play him some Leonard Skinner. At least he can understand it. Eddie well, Bravo is like my best friend. Doesn't even like Leonard Skinner. But I think people are more understandable uh, understanding about that with music. They're yes. not with comedy where You're they'll right. go, "He's bad." People always say to me, "Is he funny?" And I go, yeah. "It's not my thing." But I'm not going to say if he's bad, not funny or not. That's well, like when he's not musical. It's like one of the things that comes up when you're developing an act and, and developing an audience. is like when you first go on stage, like the first years, like the first 10 plus years of your comedy career, most likely the people have no idea who the fuck you are. And so you, although you might have your own shit that you would like to talk about, you got to like get into their head first with some fairly neutral or homages or confidence building stuff so that then you could take them into deeper waters once they already like you. So it'll take like a lot longer to like get to it. You know, so there's like there's a benefit like as a comic to that, and that benefit is that you're learning how to craft material, and you're learning how to pull people in, you're learning how to like how to not lose them with controversial stuff in the beginning that would work if you did it 15, 20 minutes in instead of like your first bit. You know, and I think that a lot of times when you're seeing like uh, new and upcoming comedians, man, there's like a lot of frustration going on. There's a lot of like re rejection and there's a lot of like everybody's trying to put it together and get something to happen. So there's all this fucking tension. Yeah. So when a guy like Tony Hinchcliffe's doing good, the fucking arrogant, of the, you fucking bullshitter. How long's Tony been around? <laughs> Not that long. No. Not that long. Seven years? Yeah. Okay. Uh, He's fucking good, man. I'll tell you, I took that kid to Indianapolis. He was really funny. Yeah. He's, he made me laugh. I've never he seen was, him live. He destroyed he in La Jolla this week. Ad-libbing a bunch of shit uh, about the, the situation, well, like can, can, something that happened I, on stage. I've only seen him or on the Ice House Chronicles. I did him – or I did uh, – when we sat there and he was doing a lot of – he did impressions. Oh, he is. He does a lot of Brody uh, impressions. No, but they were like, like dead on. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. He's good. <laughs> like dead yeah, on. He's a funny kid. I always so, like comics that can do impressions of other comics that no one like. <laughs> not like this other guy. You know, he's just frustrated. That's what it is. It's just that's. It's a part of, and you know what? The feel, the sting of being recognized for being a kind of a cunty bitch. You know, when, when something like that, that's good for your personality. You need to know that that type of behavior is loathsome. And then when people read shit like that, they they lash back at you because they know exactly what you're really doing. I had it when I when I first started comedy and I was in New York. I got a lot of shit too early, like way too early. Like a I lot of shit. Oh, no, like, like like festivals and TV well, shows. You're cute. And, you're a cute little fella. But I didn't deserve it, and everyone let me know it. You know, all the yeah, comments not, fucking it, let me know it. There's no, there's no deserve it. You know, you get a shot, you get a lottery ticket pops up, you grab it. There's no deserve it because what do you really? What is the shot for? Is the shot for you doing a sitcom? Because if it is, guess what? Anybody can do that. It could be yeah, a comic yeah. that sucks. Yeah. His his comic <laughs> could, be, could be terrible, but if you write good lines for him in a sitcom, you could do it. Yeah. I was funnier on news radio than I was in my real act. 
when I first started doing news radio in '94, I wasn't that good of a comedian. I don't I was, know. I don't know. I saw you. I, I always say this. I saw you. I think before I started doing stand up, I saw you, Sarah Silverman, and I forget who it was on Caroline's Comedy Hour, <laughs> and it changed comedy for me because you guys were dirty. And I never saw dirty on TV. It was like, one of the I never first saw things stand-up. like you, you could got, be dirty. And I couldn't believe the shit Sarah was saying. I couldn't <laughs> believe what you were saying. And I was like, oh, I think I want to do this now. Like the fact that this is well, this is what I talk about. Let me phrase that. I had probably like 20 good minutes of fuck jokes. <laughs> but I wasn't a real comic. You know what I'm saying? But like I could funny. headline. I could headline. But realistically, did I really have an hour? Not really. I had, you know, I had an hour, but 40 minutes of it probably sucked. Yeah, I had. You know, and way. I had to. I headlined way before I should. Yeah, well, absolutely. We all did. I mean, I, I could, was capable of doing an hour, an hour, uh, like a year in. But was it a good hour? No, it was dog shit. It was terrible. My third gig ever. A guy took me to Dan Rosenberg. Uh, he's, I still see him around sometimes. Dan Rosenberg, I was living in Pittsburgh. He goes, Hey, uh, you want to open for me? And I said, yeah, you know, I was doing, uh, like open mic spots at the funny bone in Pittsburgh. He goes, all right, we're going to oil city. We're playing this VFW. And I was like, all right, we get there. And he goes, so you're going to do 30, 35 and, uh, I'll do 45 to an hour. And I went, how, how long? And he goes, you said 30 minutes. You got 30 minutes? And I went, <laughs> I got five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's a horrible. To a person who doesn't understand how terrifying that is, that's a terrible, terrible feeling. I wrote jokes right there. Was, I was just writing them. So my point is when someone was giving you shit, if they were giving you shit saying that, you know, you shouldn't have got that so so soon, stop it. That doesn't mean – nobody should have if – if it's a sitcom, well, that's I, what you're worried well, about? And also, you got to – no, I came up through the Comedy Cellar in New York right. with all the guys from Tough Crowd mm-hmm. and yeah. that sense of humor of just shitting on each yeah, other. that's great. And they <laughs> fucking tear – Patrice O'Neill used to uh, – I would see Patrice. I would walk in the club. If I saw Patrice, I would go back out and go downstairs <laughs> and come in the other way. Because you so didn't want him fucking with oh, you? Oh, he would oh. just fucking kill me. I love that guy. <laughs> he was hilarious. But it's like when he fucks with you, it's like an honor. You know, it's fun. It's like people who are not comics would probably never understand that way of interacting with each other. <laughs> well, you know? I walked in. We used to do the roasts in New York City. That's like kind of where – I mean they'd always done roasts. But the, the kind of reinvention of the roast happened through you know all those guys, Geraldo and all those guys in New York. And the first one I went to, I think it might have been for Barry Katz or for – I forget who it was for, but I walk in and Rich Voss is hosting it. And I walk in and I sit down. I'm all excited. I'm at the roast. And he opens and he goes, I'd like to thank all the comedians and Eddie Ift for being here tonight. (laughs) And I just fucking melted. And I was just shitting myself. And then they hit me like four more times during the roast. And uh, Rich Voss would go, yeah, uh, apparently Eddie Ift just got another development deal or his parents just gave him some more money. And he was just killing me. And then Bill Burr, they all fucking smashed me. <laughs> and I remember, like, I was going to cry. It hurt so bad. I was, wow, and I was, you pussy. I was demoralized. And I'm walking out, and Tony Woods grabbed me. Do you know Tony Woods? Yeah, sure. Tony goes, dog, what are you doing? Why are you upset? And I go, they just smashed me. And he goes, dude, they're talking about you. Where did you start doing comedy? I started in Pittsburgh. I was there for about nine months and decided, uh, you know, I don't want to be 
in Pittsburgh. So why were you having a hard time with the way comics roll in New York? Because uh, I went to New York and uh, – You didn't know anybody like that? I didn't know one – no, not really. Pittsburgh wasn't like that and uh, I went to New York and they just beat me. It's Boston. <laughs> it's Boston yeah. too. Boston was ruthless. Patrice and Bill Burr, both of them from Boston. <laughs> That's that's that, those are fucking drunk fishermen. But I, like I have that now, and you know I developed that from them, and I do it to people, and I forget how sensitive people are. I mean, I just had a guy quit my podcast because I was always fucking with him. And well, you like a guy you worked with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, it, but I fuck with everyone, and I don't realize how sensitive people are. Comics like it, you know. Like I love like it now. Me and Joey Diaz will start <laughs> fucking with each other sometimes, insulting each other, fake insulting each other. It's so fun. <laughs> Like what are you what are you doing, cocksucker? You got a fucking typo class to go through. Sit the fuck down. You know, <laughs> he'll say shit to you, and when he insults you, it's funny. What do you got a fucking kale shake up your ass? You out here walking around like a fucking momo. Sit down. I live for when I see Rich, Rich Voss. I just love to go head to head with Voss. It's fun. It's fun. I enjoy it. It's fun. You know. I remember I was listening to Opie and Anthony, and they're talking about Louis C.K. and Bobby Kelly, were t- or Jim Norton, were talking about how comics interact with each other, and no one could ever understand it. Jim Norton had a, a slice of pizza, and Louis C.K. just slapped <laughs> the pizza out of his hand. It said something like, your mother's a cunt, and just walked away. And Norton just couldn't help but laughing. He, had, he couldn't help but laugh. We, just... we used to do a thing at the cellar where if you were, if you were looking at anything on paper, like it, usually the, the lineup sheet is on the table if you were looking at it one of the other comics would grab it out of your hand and crumple it up and throw it on the (laughs) ground and so one night tony rock is reading a newspaper article and it's a review of his show or something about him and steve byrne walks in grabs it crumples it up and throws it on the ground and tony just punches him right oh my god where was this at the laugh factory at the cellar in new york cellar i mean there was so much shit like that he punched him in the face like like, for real yeah like really hit him and uh they got into a fight no i mean they didn't fight after that tony was mad i talked to tony he's like the first time i was ever written up in the paper and uh you know tony was a brand new comic because he fucking crumpled it up and i'm like well you know but we had there, there's there's a thing at the comedy cellar table that says comics only like for there's a table just for the comedians, and it was just every night they would do it to somebody. That's a great. You'd be idea. sitting there and they grab it and they just put it in front of you. A <laughs> like, comics only table is a beautiful idea. It is. It's amazing. Is the other way it's, people can get to you though. People do come around, but that's what they do. They'll put. The little thing in front of them saying comics only, like, go away. Right. <laughs> and so they do it to comics sometimes. Like, oh, a comic no. will sit down and they'll go, um, <clears throat> well, People have to understand, like, that sounds rude, but that's the environment required to do good comedy. Yeah. Like, you have to also be aware that if you do some cheesy, stupid shit, they're going to call you on it. So you got to feel that. You got to feel that from those people in the room. And that, that added pressure, it makes you develop. I was that. on stage there one night, uh, and you have to, to get to the bathroom. You have to walk past the stage. You're literally one table back. The row runs parallel to the stage. And I'm doing my act, and Jim Norton walks by me, looks at me, and he's as far as you to me right now. And he goes, ugh. (laughs) (laughs) He goes to the bathroom, (laughs) comes back from the bathroom after he goes, looks at me again and goes, double ugh. (laughs) It just goes upstairs. It's only fun for comedians, man. Regular people, if you did that at work, you'd get sued. Yep. You'd get sued. You would lose your gig. Maybe people fucking can't crack jokes at work. You know, and there's there's people that are annoying about that shit, but there's a lot of like funny that gets 
cut out of the workplace. Do you remember the water balloons at the comedy store, Joe? The, 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 um, let's 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 not talk right. about that as if it actually happened. But wouldn't it be cool if somebody might have done that? If somebody might have launched water balloons with a, a catapult off the comedy store and flew them towards the sky bar where there was a bunch of assholes waiting in line oh, to get in, it might have happened. I can't. It might not think have of anything funnier. Launched like thirty-five miles an hour. I mean, they hit them I've like cars. Yeah, these people got hit in the head, and their heads would snap back. And these are like Paris Hiltons and yeah. stuff. I was. Uh, I have a new respect for everyone at the comedy store that was involved in that. I was fortunately on the ground level, so I I, I heard screaming. That's how I found out it was going on. I heard screaming across the street, and then I see this dude get hit in the fucking head like the Zapruder film. I mean, his head snaps back. The, the, so, I mean, it's a fucking quart of water hit this dude in the face. It was really kind of fucked up because they had this contraption. And this allegedly happened, by the way. Allegedly. I don't even remember who was on the roof. It was I mean, some employees, who, who, though. Allegedly. Who could get in trouble now? Allegedly? I don't remember who it was. So, and, you know, eyewitness <clears throat> accounts are some of the worst pieces of evidence yeah, yeah, you're ever yeah, going to yeah. come across. Yeah. So the reality is I honestly, honestly do not remember exactly who did it. It was some employee. But you could, like, put in my mind, it was this guy. And I'd be like, okay. We had a secret show where the, all the people involved talked about it. <laughs> I bet there's a lot of people now <laughs> pretending to be involved. Yeah. Because the cops came to the store and they were looking for the people, but nobody could figure out what happened. I don't think they even looked on the roof. Did they ever look on the roof? No, I allegedly, think not really that's, happened. That's genius, though. Yeah. Oh, it was it was ruthless. But it was stand up comedians, you know, drunk and high, going, "Should we? Yeah, fuck it." That's awesome. But we didn't know about it literally until it happened. You know that front area of the comedy store? Just shows store, you how like childish comments are. Our sense of humor <laughs> is so like we used to throw crab apples at cars as kids. That was our. We would take these apples. And you would just hit cars as hard as you could as they're driving down the road. That's some East Coast shit. Or yeah. snowballs. Snowballs in the middle of winter with, like, snow all over the road. Like, How we... about snowballs with rocks inside of them? <laughs> that was a big one. A lot of kids did that. You drive by and you hear your car go, blank. You're like, you motherfucker. Hit the brakes and then they scatter in three different directions. <laughs> we used to set up our uh, escape routes. Like, yes. we, we had this yeah, one where we'd be behind these trees. We'd be behind these trees. We'd throw the crab apples. And we'd kind of try to, once they stopped, we'd kind of show ourselves. Because we had such an amazing escape route. We wanted them to come after oh, us. Oh, my God. We'd run through this guy's backyard. And he had a creek through his backyard. Like, I kind of lived near the woods. And he had a pipe. The creek went in a pipe that went under the road. So there was a fence around his yard. And it was like a... If you open the fence, it closed itself. So we had a stick that would keep the fence open, the door. The last guy would kick the stick out so the gate would close if they were chasing you. We'd run down into the creek, through the pipe, and come up on the other side of the road and just watch him looking for us. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and we lived for this. What if you fell and cracked your ankle and that guy came there and just fucked your face? We just <laughs> not, knocked all your teeth uh, out just, and no, pulled no, his no, no. fat... <laughs> Quaker Oats box cock out of his pants and just fucked your face. And your friends, they're a bunch of pussies. They're not yeah, going to help yeah, you. No, this guy's got a no, giant hard on. No. He's just been waiting for some kid to throw a piece of fruit at his car so he could find an excuse yep. to punch his teeth out and fuck his face. <laughs> He's just got you pinned up against the opening of that tube, that cement tube. I'm writing this as a movie. Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you don't know whether you should rub his balls to make it go quicker. This is what the start do of a do? movie right here. Should I finger his ass and maybe this guy will come? Or just 
No, but I, I did have a cousin. Should I fight it? Would that make him come quicker? I had a cousin who uh, who said, uh, you know, he was the older cousin, Ted. Ted Smith said to me, if you get caught, you're on your own. That was the deal. You're on your own. Ted gets caught. Who were you with? Eddie Ift. I saw some kid <laughs> beat the fuck out of some other guy who threw a, a snowball at his car. Really? Some, some guys threw snowballs at this guy's car. It hit the car. Boom, boom. You see the guy lock up, hit the brake. His car shuts. Click. He throws it in the park, and he's just sprinting from the moment he gets out of the car. <laughs> he he was, There was no hesitation. This guy had a fucking plan. And the kid hesitated for a second and was like, Oh shit! Like it was the guy came out way too quick. <laughs> he just didn't, you know. You gotta if a guy starts running at you, you gotta know when to run. And this guy was he was a motherfucker. He was a tough guy, obviously. Yeah. He was an athlete too. He moved really quick. Took this guy down and just smashed his fucking face uh. in. People were screaming, "Stop hitting him! Stop hitting him!" He beat the fuck out of this guy. I I don't like. I've never had it happen to me where I got hit by anything driving. Now I don't know if kids still do it. Fuck yeah, they do it. Are they you crazy. Do? If you yeah. leave kids outside in their snow, they're throwing <laughs> it at cars. That's a fact. There's no getting away from that. Just, but if you throw a rock inside a snowball and you hit someone's car, you kind of deserve to get your ass yeah, kicked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never. Did you that. shouldn't get killed, you know. But I mean, someone maybe should scare the fuck out of you and smack you in the face a few times. Bad, yeah. Because a lot of kids do that, man. A lot of kids. You're throwing crab apples, you fuck. Crab apples will dent the shit out of a car. There was this crazy fucking group of kids in our neighborhood that uh, used to uh, fucked up crazy kids. And uh, (laughs) they used to tie a dummy to like a rope up in a tree and swing it across the road in front of cars. Oh, Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's how people die. Yeah, Yeah. these guys were fucking crazy. When I was in high school, there was this one dude, and he was – I think he went to the rival high school, and he was a little older. So say if I was like 15, he was like maybe 18 or 19 or something like that, and his parents had a lot of money. And uh, folks who grew up in Newton will know this story. Uh, Newton, Massachusetts in the 1980s. I guess I was probably a freshman in high school, so it was like 1981. Well, this guy had a Trans Am. Like a fucking Burt Reynolds style Trans Am oh, with the eagle on the <clears throat> and he, on the hood, and he ran over a dude, and the guy got trapped under his car, Ugh. and he drove with the body under his car for miles. He just killed the guy by driving with oh. this guy under his car. Yeah, and he's, is he in prison still? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he's still in prison. I know he went to jail. I mean, I know it was a big case. It was all over the. It was in the the front page of the Globe. Yeah. My it was a big story. My high school yeah. has been on this guy. My high school's been on the cover of uh, USA Today like three times in my life. One, it was with uh, our quarterback from our football team sprained his ankle at a pep rally, and they made a joke about it in like a little blurb that he at the pep rally he couldn't. That's play. not as good as my story. No, <laughs> but listen to this one. Okay, there was a guy, two two guys, and I, I I'm really. I, I'm I'm pulling out of the one right now. I'll tell the one. The other one, I will tell you off air, and I'll tell you why. Because you are a motherfucker. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Tell stories. I kind of told it on my podcast a little bit and had to pull out of it and edit it because he will he'll find us all, and he's an evil genius. The one dude. But, all right. But the other dude, his name was uh, Bob Corby, and Bob Corby was the guy. He was like a seventh year senior in high school, and when he would come to school. You would hear about it. Everyone's like, Corby's here. He was the biggest badass back then. You know, this what do you mean by seventh year senior? You mean he never graduated? He never graduated because he'd, he'd so come he to school. So he'd come older... to school once a month. Right. But he was the toughest motherfucker ever. 
And one time I saw him come down the hall and there was like this gang of kids that were the tough kids. And he came down and I was just cutting class. And he grabbed one of them and was just banging his head in the locker. How old was he at the time? He was probably like 19 or something in high school. What a douchebag. But, but the kid he was beating up was probably the same thing. Like these right. were the, the degenerates that just never – they never went to – so he's just abusing this kid. I get so scared. I walk straight into a classroom that's going on. And the teacher is like, what are you doing? What are you doing in my classroom? And I go, shh. Because I was so scared of what was going on in the hallway right. that I just went into a random classroom. Well, this dude, cops used to – it was a known thing uh, that the cops said when you got to go pick up Bob Corby, you got to bring a lot of cops because he's that badass. Well, a couple of years ago, I see on the front page of uh, the newspaper, I'm sitting on a plane, uh, FBI agents come to his house because he's dealing drugs. And his wife blows away an FBI agent with a shotgun. Whoa. And uh, what happened was – Cops came in. He took the drugs, flushed them down the toilet, ran out the back door. FBI agent says to his wife, we're coming upstairs. She goes, don't come up here. She's got her baby. She's got a shotgun. She goes, don't come up here. And the FBI agent goes, we're coming up, FBI. And he comes around the corner, and she just goes, and kills him. Now, uh, the argument was going to be, like, she she ended up getting prison. The, The Bob Corby didn't, so I'm probably dead when I go back to Pittsburgh for telling this. But, uh, but she, the argument was when drug dealers raid, like, why are you telling this story if you're going to be in trouble? <laughs> are you out of fucking mind and you're telling it on this? Podcast? No, I mean it, it was it was all over the newspaper. I mean okay. it's a it's a known story. But you're still you're still saying you shouldn't be telling it. No, no, I'm joking. But, uh, but, uh, but wow, so she shotgun the cop. She shotgun the cop. But the argument is, and if you know from Craig Glazier from Sanford and Sons when he used to raid drug dealers, that was how he made his money. He would tell drug dealers that he was a cop and then take all yeah, the money. Yeah, that is true. You never know if it's really the FBI. Right. So that was her defense right. is that these could have been drug dealers coming to steal they, money. They still She's protecting her, her child. Yep. She's right in a lot of ways, yeah. you know? Yeah. But why were they looking for him? Because she was selling drugs. So she must have probably known that, right? I mean, they... they, And she probably, uh, yeah, yeah, well, she probably thought someone... He he had a lot of priors. That is a a good excuse, though, that you could have thought another drug dealer was stealing your money and, you know, going to come and you have a a woman with a child is a very fucking primal thing. You know, they'll defend their territory. If they have a gun and some guy who may or may not be an FBI agent is coming up the stairs. And how long did she go to jail for that? I don't know. I think she's still still in. Well, this guy who... um, was the rival guy and uh, you know from the rival high school was like the cool guy because his parents were like really wealthy so he had a car that was like we were all envious of like if we had a nice car back then it was an old yeah, shitty yeah. car he had like a nice new car it was yeah. mind-boggling to us <laughs> this guy had a 1980 trans am or and he drove over somebody he dragged this guy for i think it was something like seven miles Fuck. and there was a meaty streak for seven miles i mean the guy was stuck under his you know it's a car and the, it's a low car because it's a Trans Am, and the guy got stuck under it and dragged for like seven miles. I dragged a hooker once for about, uh, I'd say like five feet. On a car? In a car. She, she, was she hanging on? Or was she, she tried to put her arm in my window to unlock my door. Ew. Like I put down the window a little bit. It was like a crack whore. Oh and uh, I was coming home from a gig, and uh, I, I will admit I had had a little bit to drink, and uh, I was eating Wendy's. you talking shit? I had a bag of Wendy's. On my uh, no, it wasn't. And I'm, I'm, I have a bag of Wendy's on my lap. I'm eating, and it's like three in the morning, and uh, this hooker flags me down, and I thought like it was an emergency type thing. The way she right. was like waving, 
So I said, what's going on? And she goes, um, it's so cold. It's so cold. And I went, well, and I only put the window down just a crack to find out what was going on. She goes, it's so cold. It's so cold. And I go, huh? And I'm like, all right, this is weird. She goes, let me in your car. Let me in your car. And I'm like, I'm not letting this chick in my car. And she goes, come on, I'll give you a blowjob. And I was like, <gasps> and I was like huh? And she goes, I'll do it cheap. And then it like all occurs to me. I'm like, oh, hooker. And by the time I'm about to like put up the window and go, she's putting her arm in trying to unlock the door. And so I just hit the gas to like get away from her. And this is all a split second. So my reaction is, fuck, this chick's getting in my car. And I drive and I just see her just get dragged and then <laughs> thump, thump. And then oh in my, my head, God. I thought I was that dude. I thought I drove over her. I'm like, oh I just fucking. God. And there I am in the middle of the ghetto in Pittsburgh and you know, taking a shortcut through. No one's going to believe me. They're all going to be like, oh, he just likes to kill hookers. You know, My question, right? did you finish your sandwich? Yeah. You know what? I think I did because <laughs> what happened was I you sat, see her stand up. No, no. I stopped. I look in the rearview mirror. She's fucking on the ground, and I'm like, fuck, I How killed cold? a hooker. And I had to make this decision where I'm like, do I fucking leave or not? And I, I think we talked about this on the yeah, Ice House Conference. I fucking – I was like, do, do I, 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 I drove I, – I sat there, and she stood up. And finally, oh, good. and uh, dusted herself off and gave me the finger, and then I That's gave her it? the finger, and I drove away. Wow, you gave her the finger after you almost killed her? Yeah. Weren't you happy that she was alive? I was so – I was like, that's the end of my life. Where's your compassion, though? No why, one why would, would have left. Finger? <laughs> I was, I was, I was, <laughs> you got off light, man. <laughs> you could have been a murderer. You weren't. You should have been like, wow. That wouldn't have been – I mean – I would have gone to jail for murder, but I didn't. I don't know about that. But yeah. I didn't. I do not think you I would have. I think you would have because she yeah. had, had kind of attacked you in some way. No one's yeah, going to well, believe that, though. Oh, they would believe you. Yeah, they if would. you told the story exactly the way you did it, yeah. you know, you had a Wendy's bag in your or Jack in the Box or whatever the fuck it was. Wendy's. What was it Wendy's? Yeah. Wendy's in your lap. I mean, it all makes sense. Yeah. You know, you, you didn't know this is the spot where <laughs> hookers are. Were you from that town? Yeah. yeah you're from I, Pittsburgh. Yeah, but it was like I – you don't have. I drove through that area, and it was a shortcut. But uh, most people would be like, "Where are you coming from? Where are you going?" It wouldn't have been like, "Why? Why would you go that way?" There was a lot of car shit that went down when I was a kid that I remember. That was like a, a real lesson. Like uh, there was a kid that I knew that, from my town that uh, killed his best friend in a drunk driving accident. By the time we were like seniors, he drove drunk and smashed into a tree and killed his friend. And uh, there was that guy who drove over the guy. There was like there was quite a few of those little situations where someone died. Yeah, when people you know? die young, that's it. It's cars. Yeah, it's drugs. Oh, that was motorcycles. Another, one. another one. A guy that we went to high school with was changing his tire. He changed his tire on the side of the road, and someone smashed in his car and killed him. Someone just wasn't paying attention. So there's like those were like three giant lessons that um, I was very fortunate that I didn't have to get on my own. Like don't drive drunk. Don't don't stand on the side of the road changing a tire, you know. And you, you know you got to be careful. I'm not I'm not proud of it, but I used to drive drunk a lot as a kid, and I, <sighs> I was bad. I was really bad, and I don't I don't ever do it now. I never fucking do it, like because I'm too afraid. Of, it's it's avoidable. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but and, it's really kind of crazy if you stop and think about the fact insane. that there's drug stores and they have liquor, and then there's bars and they have liquor, and then there's supermarkets and they have liquor. If marijuana was as readily available as alcohol. It would be fucking bananas because literally if you go down like Ventura Boulevard in like Studio City, every 20 feet you can buy alcohol. There's like a series of bars and restaurants. Every 20 feet you can get fucked up. I'm amazed that I'm still alive. Uh, one time I was at a bachelor party and we left and we had to get – we were on a, a Lake George in New York 
and we had to get back to the house where we were all staying, and there was like one bar in this town, and all these guys piled in this minivan, and we were supposed to have two like vans for all the guys, but one of the vans had to leave to take a guy to the hospital from the bar, and uh, we were leaving, and this Australian buddy of mine that was there jumps on the roof of the car, and I think it's funny. I jump on the roof of the car too. While you're driving? No, this is in the, in okay. the parking lot. And then there's like a whole bunch of guys in the van and because it was really crowded. So he goes, ah, I'm getting on the roof. And I went, yeah, me too. Just fucking around. And the guy driving, good friend of mine, Sterling, fucking took off. And we're on the roof holding on to like the rain gutters. And he drives. It was seven miles back to the thing, driving fucking fast. And I'm trying to punch like the window with my hand like open slap it going slow the fuck like you're gonna kill us like in my head i went i'm dying because every turn we went around i had to like redistribute my weight on the roof of the car or i was flying off and and in my head i'm going this is it this is how i die for sure i'm dying no you were saying stop you're saying stop screaming stop and what what happened to him there's a van full of guys all screaming faster Like thinking, you know, everybody shit faced. They thought it was funny and thought it was hysterical. And then oh we, when we stopped, God. when we stopped at the house, I was really angry. Like he did like a donut in the parking lot. We finally fell off. And uh, the my one friend of all my friends, only one friend said to me, he's like, he's like, I was practically like crying in there. He's like, I thought you he, he, he were killing two people. And it could he, have happened. He's like, he's like everyone. But I look at the Australian guy next to me, and I go, we're going to fucking die. And he goes, mate, we need a cocktail up here. Like, he was just loving it. And I'm like, we're going to fucking die for sure. If You fall off a car going, yeah, you know, we, any amount of miles an hour, 20 miles an hour. Uh, but we we're probably going 55, 60, Jesus, something like that. You were dead as fuck. Yeah. I don't know how that, we did that. That is where that, uh, that football player... That young, what's his name? I forget, something Henry <clears throat> died falling off. What's it? Chris Henry, Chris Henry yeah. He f- fell off the back of a uh, truck. His wife was trying to get away from him. Oh, yeah. And he fell and cracked his head open. Well, I was embarrassed because I, I kept thinking to myself, this is how I'm going to die, and this is how my parents are going to have to, like, uh, just such a hor Like, yeah, our douchebag son was on the roof <clears throat> of a car, and I was probably, like, 32 at the time. <laughs> like, oh my god like, like if i was 16 it'd be one thing <laughs> yeah i thought you were way younger i'm confused with the timeline <laughs> oh this is just a few years ago oh jesus yeah. christ what the fuck man you hanging out with losers <laughs> you don't like to ghost ride your whip joe <laughs> that's ridiculous man. yeah it was terrifying yeah you gotta be real careful about what kind of drunks you hang out with because there's the drunks that try to top one up each other and try to out drunk <clears throat> what is this? Ghost riding the whip. That, that stupid thing that those kids do where they, 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 get, out and they get out of the car and dance and stuff while their car is like still driving down the street. Oh, come on. And it's called ghost riding the whip. <laughs> You've never seen this? No. Oh, God. Are people really that fucking oh, stupid? Yeah. Is this the one where they fuck it up? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. See, this, and a lot of times you get on top of the car. Sometimes you dance next to the car. I always go to right the oh, from no behind way. the car. No way. Have you done it? Yeah, I've actually done it once. <laughs> oh, oh. See, he's he falls. Down. So the other guy's screwed. The guy camera. But yeah, it runs right. It ran right into the camera oh, guy. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to die, right? Yeah. Because you're filming the most hilarious video ever, and your fat friend falls off the fucking hood of the car that's rolling towards you with no brakes on. That's why I can't believe none. Uh, well, only one of the jackass guys uh, has died. And I- Oh, no. Oh. 
Yeah. Is that guy on the highway? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Look how fast he's going. Or the, the guy's running towards it. Yeah, because they're not going that fast. No, it's usually... still it's so fucking stupid. That's a good spot for it, though. If you're gonna do something fucking yeah. stupid, there's a um, area out in Palmdale where we used to do all the Fear Factor stunts because we would close off this giant stretch of road and we would like set semis up on it and people would be on the semis trying to jump from truck to truck and shit like that. But we would, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, he's not going fast at all. He just jumped right off of that thing. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah all right. Stop with this. Do you see anybody get really fucked up in Fear Factor? Um, No. No, not really. Really? I mean, the worst accident I ever saw was like a dude jumping from one boat to another and like smashed his face. Oh, that's like Wipeout. Yeah, I mean he hit it hard, <laughs> boom, and went it looked bad. Yeah, when I watched he Wipeout shoulder. I'm like, how do they not fuck themselves up more? <laughs> like, How do they not have a concussion? Well, Jackass is way scarier than Fear Factor. Some of the shit those guys did, like when Johnny Knoxville was a fucking, already a movie star, puts a blindfold on he stands in front of a bull, yeah. and the bull sends him flying yeah. through the air while he's blindfolded. Those guys are crazy. Well, do you ever watch Nitro Circus? No. Nitro Circus is jackass with talent. I can't watch that shit. Uh, but I, I find it so impressive. These guys are like trained – they're like – they took like the best motocross racer, the best, the best BMXer, the best skateboarder, the best – Everybody that's the best at what they do, and they do stunts. And they beat the shit out of each other? No, they do, they the do stunts. And they stunts. do real – like they'll jump out of an airplane without a parachute. What? And hook up to another guy with a parachute. Oh, my and, God. But they do these things that I'm like, how are they not dead? That, but, so they're, they're more taking risks, whereas the jackass guys are hurting each yeah, other. Yeah, they're hurting each it's other. It's a different scene because yeah, you're the, talking about guys – like jackass guys put bulletproof vests on and then get shot. But the risks they're taking – the jackass guys produce – Johnny Knoxville produces Nitro Circus. Oh, OK. If you watch it – and Johnny does stuff. And he, that's where he hurt himself when he fucked up his dick. What? Yeah, he, he had to like pee. I don't know if he still does, but I think he has to like pee in a catheter or something because – Why? Uh, he went. They taught him how to backflip a motorcycle. Oh, and Johnny just God. tried it. Oh my God! And, uh, and he the, broke his dick. The handlebar went straight through oh. like, his cock. Oh Jesus, yeah, son! Yeah. Brutal. Oh my goodness. But um, yeah, they have this guy Street Bike Tommy, who is one of the uh, one of the Nitro Circus guys, and he's kind of their fat guy that they make fun of. I've tried to have him on the podcast, and he's he's uh, he's like, yeah, when I come to California, I'll do it. But he uh, the other day he he. He Instagrammed a picture. He just cut his finger off, and it's the grossest picture ever. Um, but he, they make him do all these things, and he's not talented like they are. And so whenever there's like something fun, they, they're the slip and slide guys. Have you ever seen their crazy? Mm. Slip I told you I don't watch that shit. I don't oh. want to watch idiots doing stupid shit and that are, they're going to get them hurt. It's phenomenal. <laughs> To you. I don't like that stuff. I get it, you know, but I don't like it. I don't want, I want to watch guys run into walls and break their face. And no, like, no, no. But I mean, when they're doing stuff like it. There's other shit in this world, Eddie Ift. It's, the stunts are phenomenal. I'm sure. Phenomenal. I'm sure. Yeah. Good I mean, luck with that. Well, like, Travis, do you know who Travis Pastrana is? No. Tra- I've heard the name. Travis is the motocross racer oh, who now yeah, races he's, uh, he, didn't rally he get racing. Hurt a few years back, uh, the guy's broken like every bone in his body. Yeah, and I he, went to uh, um, uh, I think it was a thing for him. A birthday? Yeah, no, it was like a, a benefit slash birthday thing. I think. I think if I'm thinking of the right guy, is that the thing with the Geraldo and Arch Barker were there? And, no, no, because they roasted him for MTV. No, it wasn't that. I mean, it might be a different guy, but go ahead. But he he now races rally racing because he's. He's just fucked himself up so much. So he has to drive cars now because yeah, yeah. he's broken everything too many times? Broken everything. There's a great documentary on him called 99 Lives. 
I think it's called 99 Lives. And uh, it talks about his lack of fear and, like, his his mental capacity and how he doesn't – like, we all have fear and he doesn't have it. And uh, just – Well, what do you mean he doesn't have it? He just doesn't have it. Like, Is that real? Yeah, I think there's something has, scientific to it that uh, – So know, he's like, got like a brain it, that's, yeah, like, got yeah. a missing piece. Yep. Ooh, that sounds like a really dumb thing. Yeah, but he's uh, – you know, he's – He's uh, accomplished a lot of things. Apparently, there's a video of Johnny Knoxville breaking his urethra. If anybody want to watch, is that it. what it was? He yeah. broke his urethra. Matt Hoffman's tribute to Evil Knievel. I don't want to see it though. Matt it's Hoffman, five, it's five minutes, and I'm breaking my own rules by even telling you. Matt about Hoffman it. is a guy that is he's a BMXer that he's hurt himself so many times that they wouldn't do surgery on his knee, the special surgery, but they had it in Canada. And they didn't have it in the United States, so he went to Canada to do it. The doctor could do it in Canada, but by law, he couldn't do it unless he was awake. He couldn't put him under for it. And uh, they had to bring whatever the um, – it was like an anterior cruciate ligament or something, and it was it was made of uh, – I forget what they used. Not titanium. It was whatever they used to make it. Um, something like a polypropylene or like a – Like a wire Gore-Tex, type thing. Whatever it was. He had to ship it to Canada because it was like illegal. They weren't allowed to use huh. it there. So he put it in like – he owns a BMX company. He put it in like a bike box and sent it. And then the doctor did it and he talks about it. He helped the doctor do the operation because there was like – the doctor had like saw this part to <gasps> put it in. And he stayed awake and let the doctor put this thing in. These guys are just – Well, my I had an ACL operation where the, I stayed awake. You stayed awake for Yeah, them? but I just wanted – I wanted Local? to see it. It was the first one. So they, they just give you an epidural. Yeah, they give you an epidural, and knock you, knock you out. So from the waist down, I, I couldn't feel anything. And you and did I, it I just because you wanted to watch. I wanted to see it, and I was scared to go under too. I don't like going under. I don't like going under. I, uh, going under to me uh, was like getting knocked out. Yeah, like I didn't, I didn't ever want that to happen. I did it once for an. I broke my ankle, and they they put me under. And then when they went to take the plate, the the screws out, I said, I'm not going fucking under again. So you went with an epidural. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> There's certain things they won't do with an epidural. But uh, there's, uh, you know, uh, the second knee operation I got, I had him put me under. But, I met a guy. But the, he had to help the doctor. I, I wouldn't have been. I was drugged up to the gills. Yeah. I don't think he was drugged. Yeah. How, how did he help the doctor? Like, here, hold this. Yeah, yeah. Hit that with a hammer yeah, when yeah. I say go. I think I saw the interview with him when he was talking about fucking like, robot doctor, voodoo doctor was he going to? The dude who rented me the scooter this week had esophageal cancer. Had his whole esophagus removed, and they they moved his esophagus like around to the side and back because he had acid reflux so bad, and Whoa. he got esophageal cancer. They did a procedure on him that had never been done before. They put him into a coma to do the procedure because when you're when you're under, you still swallow. You still have a swallowing reflex. It still happens, uh. but when you're in a coma, you don't swallow. Oh my god! Oh my so they had to god. put him into a coma, and I go, "What was that like?" And he goes, "Well." I go, when would you come out? He goes, about two days later. He goes, but I couldn't say my ABCs for about a month. Wow. Whoa. So but it up. saved his life. The guy's alive. Wow. Think about that shit when you smoke cigarettes, Brian. Mm. Yeah. Brian thinks it's never going to happen to him. Oh, it will. He's going to be that guy that's going to be fine. Smoking a pack a day for the rest of his fucking life. Ugh. Wait, but you, you, have, you have the fucking fake cigarette. Yeah, that's just so when I'm inside. I can still oh, smoke. God. And also because he loves Stephen Dorff. <laughs> what the Stephen Dorff? This is actually this? watermelon flavor. Too. You've never, you don't know. No. 
oh, I need to turn you on to the douchiest commercial <laughs> in the history of the universe. It's a commercial so douchey, you have to think that it's a subtle parody. You have to think that someone was like, someone, someone hates Steven Dorff, and they talked him into doing this. And they're like, listen, he's an egomaniac. We're going to talk him into doing this fucking commercial. It's like, there's no way he's going to do this commercial. I'm telling you, I can talk this motherfucker into doing oh. this commercial. Steve, we want you to write this. We want it to be in your voice. We want you to sell these cigarettes. You got you to see this. I'm tired of being a walking ashtray. Negative, too. I'm tired of feeling guilty every time I want to light up. I'm Steven Dorff. I've been a smoker for 20 years. And I just found the smarter alternative. Blue E-Cigs. Blue lets me enjoy smoking without it affecting the people around me. Because it's vapor. Look at this. Not Look at tobacco this. this is my smoke. favorite part. The deep, that means no ash. deep, and best slow mo. No offensive odor. With Blue, you can smoke at a basketball game if you want to. And how about not having to go outside every 10 minutes when you're in a bar with your friends? The point is, you can smoke blue virtually anywhere. <laughs> We're all adults here. It's time we take our freedom back. Come on, guys. Rise from the ashes. <laughs> take your freedom back? You, you have to smoke the outside, long, but not, slow not draw. with that. The long, slow draw at the end. Oh. That, uh, that's, oh. uh... Do you ever? Uh, There's a douchier one though. Your, your, your show. Have every... you seen the Brad Pitt one? Oh, is it like a Japanese one? No. Done this like seven times. Have you never seen the Brad Pitt Chanel Number no. Five commercial? I don't think so. Oh sweet Jesus, you must see this. Oh wait, wait. There's a new one. Wait, we should watch this new thing. That There's just, a that... new Brad Pitt Chanel Number no, 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 Five no, no, commercial. No, no, no. There's a new commercial. Does he really need money? A new commercial? What? That's uh. Hold on. What? What? All right, Courtney. What is it? Uh, Courtney Love. Have you seen that? It's what? kind of like the same idea as uh, what we just watched, but with Courtney Love. No. Yeah. Hit it. All right. Enjoy presents. Yeah, that's another company. Is that Courtney Love? No. <laughs> Never know. It's been yeah, a while. Seriously. <laughs> that's Francis Bean. Okay, so we're watching, for folks listening at home, we're watching some woman elegantly dressed. Old lady. Uh, she has uh, a lot of jewelry on, and she is walking up to Courtney Love. Who looks better than usual. You know, you can't smoke in here. Relax. It's a fucking enjoy. Way better. <laughs> enjoy. That was way and, better. And sort of. That commercial uses the word fucking dude. Yeah, to, but it's, it's still, it. it's, I mean, I guess it's better, but I mean, it's like, you want to be the cunt that smokes those cigarettes and yeah. acts like that? Better than a regular cigarette. It's, it, I guess it's more rock and roll than the other commercial. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's better. It's well, okay, watch the Brad Pitt one on your own, but it's the only thing that's even douchier than the Steven Dorff commercial. <laughs> the Brad Pitt one will turn your stomach. Because got, Brad Pitt's got like a billion dollars. doesn't make yeah. any sense. Well, I guess he got paid like crazy millions. That's so nice. Had to be. Maybe, maybe, maybe he's built a hut in Taiwan. Yeah, I saw, I saw Seinfeld doing a corporate once, and I was like, how much money do they have to pay Seinfeld to do a corporate? A lot of those guys love that shit. You know, Jay Leno makes a huge amount of money yeah, doing that stuff. That's, that's like, like his gig. That's like a big joke, though, the Leno corporate shit. Is it a joke? Don't you way? know that? Every comic, wow. apparently, like when you sit on the couch and talk to him, he goes, so, uh, you doing corporates? Guess how much he, he got paid for it. Because he, he does a lot of he them. He loves them. Guess how much he got paid for it. 
Okay. Who got paid? Brad Pitt got paid to do that commercial. How much? Uh, let me guess. Let me guess. Okay. How much? Wait, let me guess. Uh, Eleven million. Eleven million. What would you say, Joe? Four million. Uh, it's actually seven. Hmm. Because I know Seinfeld- seven million dollars to sell your soul. Yep. Seven million. It's so bad. It's so. It's so stupid. Okay, you got to see it now. Play it now. Would you do it? Uh, me for seven million. No. You wouldn't no. do it for seven million dollars to that. No, that because I don't need seven million. You know, if I was broke and and I did before I did Fear Factor or before I did News Radio, and you said, "Hey, you want to do this really douchey Chanel number no. five commercial? We'll pay you seven million. I'm like, you, fuck you, yeah. You, you can find some horrible commercials with but me. But that is them. this is so, this <laughs> commercial though is so it's it's so ridiculous. Like as a comedian, you would have such a hard time doing this commercial. It, it's really hard to do. I've done some shit. But let, really play it. Play it. Because it's, it's, just, it's so preposterous. You, you watch it and you go, come on, Brad. What is it's going on? It's not a journey. Every journey ends, but we go on. The world turns and we turn with it. <laughs> Plans disappear. But look at him. Look at him. Take over. Luke, look, you're not really doing this, Brad. You're looking. You're not. This is not really. You're acting, you fuck. My fate. Three million. My fortune. Four million. Chanel number five. <laughs> Hold on. Inevitable. No, come on. That's disgusting. That's so bad. I mean, shit, I might do it for seven million. Fuck, yeah. yeah, yeah I don't want to lie. Was that, was that one dollars. of those things where he just goes, oh, yeah, we want to get that house up at the ski resort. Let's, <sighs> yes, so I'll do it. I don't understand. I mean, I, I guess, I guess. look, he's involved in a lot of charitable ventures, so who am I to judge and guess well, what he does with his money? You're right. he might do something really amazing with there, it. There's a banking commercial, and uh, I forget what the bank is. It's one of those, like, trading uh, things in the commercial, and I hear the voice, and I'm good with voices. I go, that's Matt Damon, and he's doing a banking commercial, and he's doing a voice. Why does Matt Damon have to do fucking voiceovers? He's got enough money, so I Google it, look it up. Apparently, he donated all the money to charity, hmm. and so uh, because every it, it, and I read there was the hypocrisy of Matt Damon. Here he is, a guy who who he was the voiceover in Inside Job, the, the right. movie about the banks. Right. And he's always, you know, he's very liberal and he's been very critical of the banks. And here he is doing a fucking commercial for the banks. <laughs> so I guess it was one of these things where he just said, you know what, uh, I'll do it. We're going to take all that money. <laughs> and I'd like to see the charity he gave it to. I hope it's something like, <laughs> like a lobby against the banks. <laughs> yeah, that would be a smart thing to do, use their money against them. But it's still, it's still weird, you know? I would, have br- I would have sex with Brad Pitt for $7 million. Mm. I think it would cost more than that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Brad would have it with yeah. you. <laughs> I really don't think Brad would be like, and what do I get out of this? Well, what if you just was into it? It's like a fetish thing for him. It could be. Hairy guy. There's so, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people. That are like willing to do that. Yeah, seven, seven million? million bucks. Hey, I'm, I'm putting the offer up there right now. Think guys. about what your friend did for twenty five <laughs> grand and some coke. Yeah, you know, twenty five grand and some coke, and who knows who she let fuck her ass. Yeah, you know, probably yeah. a lot of craziness going on, a lot of spitting in people's well, mouths. And... Well, well, I've talked about you. You know, your webcams. You you led me onto that. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, what's it called? My free cams. My free cams. Those girls that go on there can say what countries they want to be shown in. So basically, a girl can just check off. She doesn't want to be seen in the United States, Canada, Australia, any English-speaking place where she might possibly know someone. But let the rest of the world just jerk off to her. Never, ever going to see one of those people ever again. And it's like I think there's so many girls on there that we don't know about. Like girls you know. Because I never see – my guy friends that don't have money always have to pick up like second and third jobs. My girlfriends that don't have money – 
it's just life's easy. And it's all <laughs> they all say oh, they're just responsible, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? Where are you getting money? And I'm convinced they're all on my free camps in like <laughs> Latvia and Estonia and, and you pro- probably and Cambodia. Right? They're and, all <laughs> fucking stacking up bitcoins like a motherfucker. Tokens. Yeah. Stacking up damn bitcoins, son. You think that bitcoin thing's gonna work? I would like it to work. So would I. I think it'd be interesting. I think it'd be interesting if there was an alternative currency that a bunch of people agreed to that was stable. You know, if you could if you could find a way to circumvent the financial system, that would be a way to defeat it. To define one that we all agreed on, that everybody got together and said, you know what, fuck all this craziness, all right? Let's let's put our resources into this other thing. The problem is that's when you find out how corrupt the system really yeah, is, and that's when you because they would yeah, never let you yeah. establish an alternative set of currencies. Right. I think you'd end up dead. Most likely, yeah. they would discourage it heartily. Yeah. You know, I mean, the amount of money that would be lost if there was a valid alternative to the dollar mm-hmm. or the ruble or the whatever the fuck you're using, yeah. if there was some nationwide or global currency that we all agreed to that was like established and was like really really strong that would fuck everything man yeah. all this global power grab would be yeah. in the toilet and the third world countries would know like when everybody has the same value on their dollar yeah when the dollar is the same value which i i've looked into this and thought about it and and it's really confusing but and i don't know enough about currencies and and what would happen like would the value of because you can trade internationally then and there's no one able to monitor it and there's no embargoes on there wouldn't it wouldn't be able to be taxed because yeah, i don't cur- know it's 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 interesting it's very it would eventually have to get taxed somehow yeah you would have to pay for things you know it's really becomes a matter of government over bureaucracy uh, you can use it now like the real problem is stuff bureaucracy it gets to a point where you start creating jobs that aren't necessary and then you say oh we created x amount of jobs this quarter like that's like a people love to do shit like that and sometimes those jobs are really good and sometimes those jobs are government jobs and when government jobs get established it's very rarely they get removed you know what i mean like they might slash things if there's funding but if there's money they would like to like keep jobs going and create new jobs in government and create new laws that new jobs are in place like that's one of the big arguments to not making pot legal because you would lose like a lot of people that are in the business of locking people up for pot and arresting pot dealers, yeah. and, and then all of a sudden the pharmaceutical company is going to lose money. What are they going to let people go as well? Like, wh- how does that work? It's kind of it's a, a weird financial situation where the the uh, the the resources and the impact of you, the control of the resources shifts, and this, so that's like a financial decision, and that's one of the real problems with making anything that's that popular illegal while it's illegal. It's like financially, it creates a real issue. Well, I also saw that a lot of the reason the pot hasn't become legal yet is because the regulation isn't in place yet. They haven't been able to create the bureaucracy around it. Right. And a lot of times they've done things like if you look around the world, the lack of regulation has created fucking – like you look at what happened in the Soviet Union when, when it dismantled. Yeah, well, and, that, yeah, that, and they sold off the gas companies, the electric companies, and the, the Russian mafia just became like 
billionaires overnight. Yeah. Like, people were able to buy the electric company or buy, you know. Well, I think there was a lot more to the collapse of the Soviet Union. Well, no, no, that, but what but I'm saying is they had two different currencies in, yeah. in, in, in Russia at that time, or the Soviet Union. They had two different ones? Two different currencies, and, and they were using one to buy up the other one. Mm-hmm. Like, people were smart enough to say, let's buy all this currency. I read this book called Rogue Economics about what happens with lack of regulation. And they were – then when I read about pot being legal, it was like if it gets legalized, what happens? The corporations might be able to come in and push out all the growers, push out all the – you know, the, the, the pharmacists or the – what do they call it? If it gets pharma? legal? If it does get legal. How would they be able to do that? It doesn't because, make any sense. Because let's, once the growers are already because, established. Because let's say – let's say the growers are established, but let's say uh, – Big corporations come in mm-hmm. and get involved, like like the tobacco corporations. Right. What if they, with all their money, buy up all the pot? You know, the pot fields, everything. Like, they, there is no way of actually, like, it, it would be like opening the floodgates right away, and it's like, what's going to happen? Well, I don't understand what you're saying. Well, I mean, it, why would that stop the people who are already growing? Well, from well growing? when we had that proposition to vote to make pot legal, I was trying to. Read about it, and I'm not even a big pot smoker, but I was like, "Come on, we gotta fucking legalize this shit. This is ridiculous." And so, I like how you did that with like a like acted it out. <laughs> well, the referendum vote was like, "Let's let's let's vote to make it legal." And then I started reading in a lot of uh, the like local Venice newspapers and stuff, and they were saying that a lot of the people in Humboldt and Mendocino County and all the that that were growers and stuff were against it because they were worried that they would get pushed out. I'll tell you, that's not true. The reason why they're against it is because you can make a lot more money when it's illegal. That's why they're against it. Okay. That's the, <laughs> you got their argument a little a little wrong. And not only that, a lot of those people were also against medical. They like to keep it illegal because when it's illegal, it's worth a lot more money. And it's hard to find people to sell it. It's hard to find people that are you, you, could, you could buy it from. And so they can control the market. Well, but in that situation – Pot is legal. There's going to be more money spent on marijuana if it is legal. It's just going to make more competition for them. That's all it is. Exactly. The reason why the growers don't want it is because a bunch of other people are going to start growing, and then the prices are going to go down. But who who would ultimately make the money on marijuana? Wouldn't it be corporations? The real issue, the real issue that's un, undiscussed is something like Monsanto coming along and owning strains of marijuana and eliminating the other strains. That is a distinct possibility. If you see what they've done, who the, who the fuck would have ever thought they'd be able to do what they've done with corn? Who the fuck would have been able to believe that they would be willing to, that politicians would be willing to accept, I don't know what the fuck they're getting paid. I don't know how the fuck they're passing these laws, like the Monsanto Protection Act, all these different laws that allow genetically modified foods to be in your supermarkets without labels. Because it's, it's not clearly established whether or not they're 100% safe. I know some of them are safe. If you, if you ever question that and it's how that concern. happens, read the book, uh, Lawrence Lessig's book uh, called Republic Lost. And he explains how all that government subsidies, all yeah. of that shit happens. And it's, they, they target. It's the same way the defense corporation. Yeah, they, but they target. Like a lobby group or a special interest group or a PAC will – it's not even that they have the resources to – to just spend so much money, what they do is they will – it's almost like mafia technique. Like they'll go to a congressman and say, hey, you're running against this guy. You're anti-guns. He's pro-guns. We're going to give all our money to him, and we're just going to – so it's just the threat. It's mm-hmm. not we're spending money against you. It's the threat of we're going to spend money against you. So the politicians then fold and say – Well, they go with where the money yeah. is. I mean that's really what it is. I think it's 97 percent of the time or something, the candidate with the most money. 
Yeah, I'm sure. It only makes sense. I mean, you have to have like a, a wildly popular platform yeah. for you to be accepted, and you don't have as much money, and to be, or you have to compete against a real jackass. It's it's a it's a bot system, yeah. you know, and. Yeah. Something like Bitcoin or some alternative currency. I know a lot of people poo-poo it. Maybe Bitcoin's not the one. But who the fuck saw Bitcoin coming? I, I never heard of anything about it until yeah. like a couple of years ago. And now all of a sudden, you know, you're hearing about it in like legitimate news sources. And you're like, whoa, what's going on yeah. here? And then coincidentally, it crashes through the fucking floor. And the value drops, and there's all sorts of fuckery involved with it. So, but did that happen? The value oh, yeah, dropped. Yeah, no, yeah, I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, Bitcoin went through some, but you know, it's also people probably trying to profit or trying to capitalize on a, a system that's not completely secure. I don't know. I don't understand finances that much. I'm, I'm too ADD for that shit. Yeah, I, I got the app and and just wanted to play with it and see what <laughs> the was Bitcoin going app. on. Yeah, I just wanted to see what was going on. I get every app. I, I, I have you done Uber yet? Oh, sure. Yeah, I use it all the time. It's Fucking amazing. awesome. Did you see the guy who uh, he's selling a house in Canada with uh, Bitcoin? Really? Yeah, he wanted to acquire a lot of Bitcoins, and he had a piece of property that he wasn't using. It was like a house on a lake or a, on a river, like a rural like vacation house. It's like three hundred grand or something like that. He's selling it on Bitcoin. He wants 300,000 Bitcoins or whatever the fucking equivalent is. Well, if you look at I mean, it's been going on on, like, games like I don't play, but, like, World of mm -hmm. Warcraft and, yeah. and that stuff. Those people – they had a whole South Park episode about it, about, like, uh, where they have the little kids yeah. working, playing the video games so that they can acquire these coins or whatever it was, whatever the, the value on the game. Because that happens in video games all yeah. the time where people try to acquire these – well, it's a legit service. Like people yeah. will pay people in foreign countries, like third world company countries will will play games all night <laughs> with your character. Like you give them your character for a few months, and you come back, and your character is like a master wizard. Because these are like fucking total super nerd games. It's not like you're playing checkers or chess or or even you know. I used to do that with my friends on Madden when they would leave. When we all lived together down at the beach, they would leave. I would play as their team and, and just hurt, lose, hurt their players. Oh, that's, so silly. that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. But the there's one of the saddest shows that I ever watched was a documentary on this family that was addicted to World of Warcraft. One of those games. It was a World family. of Warcraft, but it was a family. So a husband and wife and a kid. And the wife would always get bummed out when she had to take care of the baby because the husband could play the game. And she was, like, complaining. She's got this fucking newborn, and she doesn't want it because she wants to get back to her character in the game. And it was, it was really depressing. Because, oh. like, you imagine if you, you're essentially being born into a house full of addicts. They're addicts. But it's not heroin. It's World of Warcraft. Yeah. I mean, they are addicted to this. They're completely, totally focused on That's this. why I hate when people go, drugs and alcohol ruined their life. It's like, drugs and alcohol didn't. They did. Those people would have found something like fucking World of Warcraft. It, if it wasn't drugs or alcohol, it would have been something. I, I agree with you, but I don't agree with you. Because I know people that literally, whatever it is, they got the bad gene. They cannot drink. They have one drink and they're gone. Yeah. And they're sober and they need to be sober. I know people that have a chemical issue. Yeah, I know one of those. I know a few. And I, I didn't think they existed until I was in my like late 20s. And then I was like, okay, I think I am misreading this. Because I was like, oh, a bunch of weak bitches. Like, I had this dumb approach to people who couldn't quit drugs or alcohol. Yeah, but usually those people, I've seen them be fucked up with other things too. Sure. Yeah, but those people, they might have a psychological issue as well as this compulsive issue as well as like a chemical problem. Like there's a cumulative things that can happen to yeah. you. And for some people, it's also like al alcoholism is a weird thing where it starts off where they can handle it. And then somewhere along the line, 
their body just loses its mm. ability to tolerate alcohol. And if they keep drinking and keep abusing their body, it's one shot and they're Gonsville. I've seen people like that. I don't think we totally understand, you know, like how another person is feeling when they take something, you know. And I think there are some people out there that can that can get hammered and they just fall apart. Right? My friend, my friend Laura, she just takes one hit and she of uh, marijuana and she her body like short circuits and like I think we talked about it once where she just stood up and ran towards the bathtub and just flew like tripped over the bathtub and flew and like almost chipped every <sighs> single one of her teeth out oh. and she had no idea why she did that. It was just like her body it. just reacted crazy. A friend of mine from Fear Factor, we were all in New York filming, and uh, it was all the crew, and uh, we passed a joint around, and she took one hit and just blacked out, and someone caught her. Someone had to catch her in the middle of the street in New York. She like she almost fell, she almost fell down and cracked her head off the concrete. Like she just went unconscious. Clunk. Everybody else is just taking a pull off a joint, and everybody else is fine. But for whatever reason, it hits her. And her body. Well, that's that's why you know I've talked about it a million. I've talked with you a million times about it. My just, it's I've had good experiences, but I've had a couple that were just fucking atrocious. I the, the anxiety level and the paranoia and the the fucking you know like I thought I was going to jump out of an airplane once. It ain't for everybody. That's yeah. a fact. Yeah, there's a lot, nothing's for everybody. Some you you don't you're not even drinking caffeine anymore, right? No, because it, it was all because of that. The anxiety all, that I was getting. You're so fucking aggro as it is. Look yeah, at I you, know. savage. You're fighting with fucking people. You're on no. Coke. That, you know what? I that fight. people. You're an MMA fighter. When that chick. When that chick. I want to justify that because when I got in the argument with her, I never once said you're a bitch. You're a cunt. I never raised my voice. Right. All I did was say. Wow, you're. I said, like I'm talking to you. I went, wow, you're a, you're a horrible person. Uh-huh. And just just the way she was acting to me, it was I like you. you shouldn't get away with this. I got gotcha. you. And that's how I was talking. And I never once said uh, she. The next day, they said, oh, you said she should be raped, and you said you hope. <laughs> I said no. I said I hope she gets hit by a car on the way home. Oh, see, did you that. didn't just say she's a horrible person. No, you no, no. Oh, like, no. But I I was combating. Like the high road. No, she said some things to me uh, that I said that then. But what did I, she say to you? Yeah, you know, she was just. You know being, what? I don't give a fuck about this story. How about that? Yeah, she was just being a cunt. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Well, you know, I mean, you know what it is. But I no, I just I want to justify that. Uh, I forget what I was talking about. It's no big deal. I know what you're saying. You're not on coke, but uh, caffeine is a little too much for your personality. I'm not aggressive. <laughs> yeah, you're not aggressive, but if someone's a douchey to you, person to you, you don't walk away from it. Right. You. That's. Right. That's what a lot of a lot of times like what's that old expression? Um, if you're in an argument with an idiot, it's very difficult to tell who's who. Yeah, you know, I think that I probably fucked up that in paraphrasing it, but that is a situation where if you're in a situation where someone's aggressive to you and you're aggressive back to them, and then someone walks in on it, it looks you like look, you're always you in fights. Like, yeah. yeah, and you could be a guy yeah. that just defends yourself all the time, yeah. but it looks like you're always in fights. Yeah, you know, but where especially there's, if there's YouTube clips of it. Where there's smoke, there's fire, <laughs> and uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've always felt like um, I've I've never been one to start shit with people. I don't like starting shit with people, but I, I also not really enjoy people like getting off on me and like saying shitty things to me just because they want they, they want to be cunty. So when you stand your ground or when you're aggro back or insulting back, it becomes the same thing. You just they started it, but you're doing it. You know, yeah. you're you're both yeah. involved in it. Yeah, and it's really stupid. But it takes a long time to realize that it's really stupid. Right, right, right. And you and know? what I did, the first thing I did when these guys came after me was cops. And then I had no cops, and I was like, all right, I gotta, 
you know. Well, those guys were working too, so they weren't even fucked up. Yeah. They were just on. They were on that sweet, sweet pussy. Uh, I think on... they were pretty fucked up. Though. You think so? Yeah, I think they were. While in they the were back. working. Yeah, yeah, I think it was one of those. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I bet they just in love with that girl, man. That's so common. It's so common where yet one pretty girl just dominates like a, a business establishment. That's the saddest thing when you go to visit a buddy at work and you realize that this is one hot chick that's sort of like putting her spray around the room <laughs> and all these. Adults that your buddy works with are tripping over themselves, trying to please this girl and white knighting it at every turn. And, you know, I think you're just out of line with the way you talk around women. You know, you know, those cocksuckers and like, oh, you son of a bitch. Look what you're doing here. You're throwing yourself on the sword. You sad sack (laughs) of shit, you. Well, that's what I said. When the guy, when it finally (laughs) calmed down, I said to the guy, he said, you've got a girl in there crying right now. And I said, hold on. I said, I I, I explained what happened to him. And he kind of looked at me like. Oh, this is a different story than what she told me. Of course. Me. And, uh, it always is. And a, I was a like, chick that wants to get you to fight but, someone for it, too. Yeah, but who oh. does that? Cunts. Cunts. Cunts, Eddie Eft. Cunts. You couldn't get me to do that. Any girl. Yeah, he said. I'd be like, well, you're going to have to deal with this yourself. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a lot of guys out there. You can't get any pussy. It's hard. Mm. It's confusing as fuck. If you're a dude out there, okay, and you're an unattractive guy and you're working at a fucking kitchen at a bar, you know, you're flipping burgers, no one wants to fuck you, all right? That's just a fact. And you know that no one wants to fuck you, and that shit gets depressing. And you're, you're willing to play the long game and befriend a lot of really cunty chicks, hoping that when they're 40 and it all falls apart for them, they'll go with the guy who actually really loved them. Once they get over this looks thing or whatever. And so there's a, a lot of poor saps out there that get sucked into, which essentially a deal – with uh, a, a a drug dealer that never gives you the drugs, it's like man, I got that cocaine, but dog, I can't give you none. Like, come on, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. I just want a little bit of your cocaine, dog. I don't know, I'm vulnerable. <laughs> you know, I just feel like maybe you only want me for my cocaine, and I would like us to just be friends. You know, can't you just understand that I have this cocaine and I want I want to keep it? You know, but I heard you gave Billy cocaine. You know, I was very vulnerable. I don't want to make that mistake again. And now me and Billy don't talk. I don't want that to happen between us because we're good friends. So I can't give you this cocaine. So these poor pussy junkies will follow her around for years. Are you doing another show over there? No, fucking bug just attacked me. So you're doing this for years and years. And, you know, you do drastic shit like try to fight people in parking lots. You know, it's uh, it's fucked up that sex is like such a priority. That's why if it was legal, the male body. If, if prostitution was legal, yeah. I think it would take such an edge off of. We that. have a fucked up attitude about prostitution. Like I don't want anybody I know to be a prostitute. Me you know, neither, I, and but, I don't want to. I don't partake in it. It's not my thing. But there's a lot of guys that I friends of mine that I'm like, let me take you to a hooker. What I was gonna say is, I also don't want any friend of mine to be a janitor to have clean toilets. That job sucks too. Yeah. You know, I don't know which one's better. You know, I don't know. If you're like really open minded with sex and there's a, a screening process and the guys who come through are polite, I really don't know which one is worse. Yeah. Cleaning toilets or letting a guy put a condom on you and, ooh, yeah. on top of you. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's really a cultural decision, it's a personal decision. But I think you should be able to make that decision yourself. You know, I wouldn't want anybody that I'm friends with deciding to be a coroner. I really oh. wouldn't. I wouldn't want you to do that. Oh, that'd be but the worst. but if you want to do that, I think it should be your choice. I always wonder you know? the mentality of that. It's fucking craziness, man. You're looking at bodies all day. I was just talking to a dude who was a funeral director. He was the bartender at this comedy club, and he uh, he said, "Yeah, I used to be a funeral director up north in Boston." And I was like, "Wow, wow, how are you able to fucking do that every day?" Just ugh. Yeah. Well, how about guys who get caught fucking the corpses? <laughs> 
Does that happen bu- that a, often? A buddy, Don't you know what gunging is? A buddy of mine back. Gunging? A buddy of mine back in Boston. They, him and his brother, walked in on this guy who had just gotten done fucking one of the corpses. He, he's almost positive. He's like, there was a dead, naked girl on the counter, and this guy was huffing and puffing and sweating. And he was back there with this dead, naked girl, and they, they heard something funny, and they knocked them. They were, they were there because someone in their family had died, and they had to you know go through the funeral arrangements. And they, he believes they just about stumbled upon a guy who had fucked a dead female corpse. He's almost positive. Brian, you've got to know. This like, is like a really conservative there's, there's dude. probably some dark hole of... The internet where you've seen these people. That oh, yeah, exist. you can find them. They've no, but I'm seen saying. Videos. Uh, what do you mean? There's videos. Of yeah, there's do- videos yeah. of guys fucking dead, oh, dead yeah. bodies. There's a video that a guy put online. It was him and his boyfriend, and he killed his boyfriend, and then he, like, fucked him and cut him up and put it all online and ate some of his body. What did you just show? Gunging is an act that where you take a, a person that's been buried recently and you, t- you get him out from under the ground and you. Uh, like, put your lips around their vagina, and you have somebody else like like jump up and down on their stomach. Wait a minute. And Whereby why? the first person to ejaculate misplaces lips over the dead person's sexual parts while his fellow competitors jump on the stomach. This is just made up. Okay, that's made up. That's yeah. totally made up. That's so stupid. Gunging. Well, did you make that? I up? have a feeling <laughs> Brian did. <laughs> I think Gotenaka told me about really that. Why do you think that's real? <laughs> well, I guess it is real if you decide it's real. Yoshi, you know? would, I mean, Yoshi would know about it. <laughs> what is a uh, you know what's a Cleveland steamer? You know, what's a dirty Sanchez? You know what it is. So it's real. Once you invent it, it's like a drink. It's like a Bloody Mary. We we tried to make one of those up on there. A drink? No, on uh, Urban Dictionary, and it was – it was already there. <laughs> what was it? What was it? I, I don't know. It was something like we were trying to make the, the Amish butter churner or something, and we were saying, like, you take a dildo and you you, you come all over it and then fuck the girl with the, the cum of the dildo, and then uh, or you fuck her in your ass while she's upside down like a butter churn or something. And I swear to God, we, like, put it on. There was something, like, very similar. <laughs> I'm sure. It's probably every depraved sexual act ever. It's probably been labeled. There's T-shirts for sale. There's a TM behind it. <laughs> I, used to, I used to, I made a, a sex move when I was in college, and I used to call it the Don Pablo because it was a girl I fucked at Don Pablo's, where you would take the girl, she would be on her stomach, and you'd like lay down so you're kind of like butt to butt, but you put your dick in her like between your legs, so you're like mm. pushing it like that, and then you fall down, so you're on top of her, and you're using her legs to I pull I lost closer. you five seconds ago. I don't know where you are. <laughs> but it hit the G-spot like crazy, and she would just – that's all she wanted after – She wanted teaching. the Don yeah. Pablo. But then I tried it to somebody else, and they're like, fuck that. What the hell are you doing? Just get on top of me. <laughs> Have a try yeah. sense. Some girls don't want you practicing shit that you've already done before. Hey, I've done this one a bunch of times. Try this. Lay down flat. They're like, what? Wait, what are you doing? <laughs> God damn it, you silly fuck. Brian fucks the same way he does podcasts. He just interrupts with some weird shit in the middle of it. Doesn't make any sense. Hold on, hold okay, on. Okay, open your mouth, put a toe in it. No. <laughs> Thought it would be funny. This, had... this girl uh, that we know down in Australia said she, she told my friend that she woke up one night. She hooked up with this dude. She wakes up. He's standing over her jerking off. Whoa. And he's got his toe in her pussy oh my god how rude that guy's an asshole he's out there walking around a bunch of cat shit on the floor and stuff he's stuffing it right up some chick's pussy you should at very least have like some alcohol wipes and really do a good job of cleaning your toe off before you shove it in some chick's clam 
That's just rude. That guy's a dick. You know, you know what I've always wanted? I, what I've always wanted to try. I've, have you seen those pills that they sell like at CVS and they're for toy, kids, where they're like these little pills and you put them in a glass of water and they make this humongous like dinosaur or something. I've always wanted to put it in one of those girls' vaginas and see what happens. Yeah, it's kind of like a they, tampon. It's called they die. <laughs> you ever heard of a thing yeah. called toxic shock yeah. syndrome? Just freak them out. You know, well, I mean, girls they, they find things up their pussy when they find things that are stuffed in their pussy and they they've been up there for a while. Like sometimes they can get really sick. Like girls, like the girls have died. Yeah, but tampons I mean, no, no, no. stuck up their pussy. I mean, like if you're gonna nerf their puss, like you don't keep it in there for like you like. What if you happens. leave a chunk of it in there? I think it like would blow up really big. And they'd be like, "What you the fuck? So. There's like a fucking muppet coming out of my vagina." You so, need to practice this in a lab before you stick it in the girl's say. body. I, I just heard a story about a guy who was fucking a girl and uh, found like while he was fucking her, going down on her something, found a condom that was in her pussy. Oh my oh, Jesus! Yeah. Oh. I was a girl that I was dating where she had uh, her tampon like had broken off like in the middle and she pulled part of it out but part of it was like stuffed in her pussy and I like put my finger in her and I'm like what the fuck is it and I pulled it out I go you have a piece of tampon in your pussy she was so embarrassed she was so so embarrassed like she was like almost in tears and I was like it's just a mistake. Yeah. Like, I know you have yeah. a tampon. Like, yeah. I didn't understand it. Like, being a guy, you don't understand, like, yeah, don't how could what? that bother you? <laughs> like, I, I know that you have tampons. You tell me when you're on your period. I, I don't understand why this would be an issue. But to her, it was, like, this huge, like, embarrassment. I'm like, I don't well, – the, the girl, it's a girly thing, this, right? This girl I dated, like, we were drunk, and I fucked one of those little baby micro tampons into her. Yeah, And I've then she that. didn't know about it. That. And then, like, a couple of days later, she was getting kind of sick, and then it's mm. something – her pussy. She just smelled it. was like a balut pond. No, I had to dig it out. Mm. I had to dig it out. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, I guess you would have to. Yeah. Yeah. You know when you're like young and you're so horny, it's like, she's like, I'm on my period. We shouldn't. I know. And you rub it on the outside and you wind up sticking it in there a little bit. You'll do any little thing you can do. And then you can't fish that string out. Stuffed it in there like a fucking musket. It's like you packed around in there. <laughs> then you got to play gynecologist. Yeah, and go, I've, I've been there before, a, man. You're like, Let me just the... rub it on the outside. And you hear those words coming out of your mouth. Like, am I really that retarded that I just said that? <laughs> Let me just rub it on the outside. Yeah, uh, we've but all we've said all that. said yeah. that. Yeah. Everyone said that. I've done. I still say it every week. Let almost. me just let me just put it in for a second. Yes, if you if you like it, it can stay. Right. If you don't, <laughs> right. we can take it out. Let's sleep with it inside just to see what it would feel like. The most, and then if you want to move, that's fine. The most disappointing thing is when a girl says, okay, and you're like, oh, she's just as fucking stupid as I am. <laughs> you're supposed to be the, the one who's sensible here. You're supposed to post out of this predicament. It took me a long time to realize that if you just go when you're trying to hook up with a girl and you go, fine, I don't want to, and you go to sleep. All of a sudden, they wake you up. They're like, come on, let's fuck. And really? Like, yeah, I found that. that it, oh, you're it ridiculous. It that means your game sucks. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, hear me out. Forever, I was the one. All that these I, girls like waiting for no, you to go to sleep? No, no, no. Forever, I was the guy. I would try every. I would keep them up for eight hours until they'd finally <laughs> give in. Like, listen, why don't oh, we do this, and then we'll voice. try this, and then we can. You would ask them yeah. with words? No, I mean, just, you know, while you're f- fooling around. So... Then I found out that if you just if you if you kind of do what they do and you kind of play hard to get, they go, "Why is this guy rejecting me?" Hmm. And then all of a sudden they're like, "Let's fuck." Eddie Eft working some long game on these chicks. Oh man! Yeah, I just How long it. would it take before you figured that out? It took a year. Here's my, my here's my advice to you, my friend: just fuck girls who actually want to fuck you. And when they don't, if they don't, do you like that's cool? Yeah. So it's just yeah agree to not be friends. Come on, we all went through puberty. Yeah, we've all been there. It's all good. <laughs> Just you go over there. I'll go over here. We're I, cool. 
Well, now I'm because there's mar- some girls. Now I'm getting who married. Like I get one for the rest oh, of my that's life. That's beautiful. There's some gals who would like you, Eddie Ift. Yeah, it's I got all one. About finding them. Found that it's one. Like, it's like finding your audience <laughs> in comedy. You don't want to do like Brian was talking about doing some shows this weekend. There's a bunch of old people in the audience, and you know that's a, that's an uncomfortable feeling when it's not your audience. It's awful. It's terrible. It's awful. You've got to find your audience. It is. Once those people who didn't live with the internet, once they die off, we're gonna have a different world. You're lucky, Joe. You're one of the few comedians, though, that gets to purely perform for your audience. Um, oh, there's quite a few now, I think. More now than I think ever before because of the internet. Mm. You don't think so? No, I think we all still have to, like, in Australia, I perform for my audience. People come to mm-hmm. me, they're uh, in the crowd, they're always, they bought a ticket to see me, and that feels good. In, in Australia? Am- yeah. In America, I'm still doing gigs. I'm at comedy clubs every once in a while. And I've still had it. I had it in the past two years. Two or three times where I've had the club owners tell me, hey, I know you do this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm going, uh, I'm in the car. And they're like, what? And they're like, and I'm like, don't tell me how to do my act. I'm on my way home. And they're like, what do you mean? I've had three club owners in the last two years tell me uh, you're too edgy and you're too offensive on stage and you're going to have to calm it down for the next show. And I like they'll call me in my room and I'm like – I'm in the car. I'm in the taxi. I'm on my way to the airport, and they're like, no, no, uh, "What? What?" I'm like, "Fuck you! You don't tell me how to do my act." We need to go on tour, man. That just happened to me this weekend. Okay. Five minutes before I went on stage, and he's like, "I need you to do a clean set." And I was just like, leave. "I don't have just anything." Leave. leave at that point because it ruined. I've I've stayed, and and they all end up apologizing, and they try to keep you because they've got like one time it happened. You're in L.A. and I just sold out crowd. You can't you can't tell a guy not to do his act. If yeah. you don't like that act, you cannot hire him again. But there's no way you could tell him how to do his that's act. A, so that's why I go fuck off and I just leave. Yeah, it's just you can say you, I don't think you're funny. You could fire him. You could ask for another comic to come in and replace him. But if you're gonna allow him to go on stage, you're not a producer. You have no say in what goes on. You know that that guy. It's his act. If you don't want to hire him again because you don't like it, that's all cool. But you can't direct a fucking. Yeah, I, I got it. I got it in the airport. I'm on the airport on the way to a show, and and the woman called me and said, "Hey, you got to go uh, tonight. Listen, I need you corporate clean." And I said, "What?" She goes, "I need you corporate clean. We have a bunch of you know uh, Christmas parties in." And I said, "No, no. When I got booked, I got booked to do my show." And she said, "Yeah, but tonight's all." Christmas parties, and I said, well, that's not – she goes, well, we're going to have to dock your pay then. And I went, no, no, you're going to have to pay me what I was contracted to be paid. We're going to have to dock your pay because you won't change your act for my tastes? Yeah, and I said – Fuck you. They treat you like you're a waitress. That's what it is. Yep. Like and you got to wear my apron with my logo on it or you're fired. But too many comics say, okay, I go fuck off and I leave. And uh, I think if more comics did that, they wouldn't do that to Well, them. they can't. You know, They need the money. I mean, I remember clearly days when I was told that I had to clean it up when I was coming up. It happened all the time. Yeah, but if you suck it up just once, if every comic sucked it up once, no club owner would ever do it. Yeah, but they would because the guy could still find someone to replace you and they'd probably be cleaner. You know, all that. So that was one of the big things about being unoffensive when you first started out. You get so much more work. Yeah. Because when you first start out, you're you're opening for people. The last thing someone wants to do is go on after some guy who breaks all these taboos, yeah. especially if you break the same taboos or if your act is clean. 
you know, if you, there's a two things, because one, like the guy's already like doing the kind of material that like a headliner does, like or this particular headliner does, and two, if you're clean and you have to follow some guy, I was talking about fishing tampons out of chicks and. You know, a lot of times they'll fucking headliners will blow gaskets. Yeah. And I've seen more more censorship from headliners in comedy clubs and, and including guys who are not big names. They just happen to be the the guy last. And it was just like you say, like for mo- the most part, when you go to a comedy club, if you see a guy who's an unknown name, he's not an unknown name just to you. He's an unknown name, period. So when he's headlining these clubs, people are coming to see the show because they've been comped. Like, they get free tickets. It's an off night. Or, you know, um, the guy goes on the radio and drums up some business. And they, they have contests and they give away some tickets. And then they make the money off the alcohol. And that's that's a common thing. And those guys, I've seen those guys. that Those are, like, low-level dudes. Usually probably a little struggle a little bit every now and then anyway. They'll change a guy's act if a guy's a middle act. I've heard stories, and I've had I've had a couple guys give me when I was coming up, don't do this, don't do that. Not many, but I've heard more stories about guys. Do I have never once said to anybody that opens for me, don't do that or change. I've never and and it always annoyed me when I heard guys did it. It's gross. It's disgust. Like unless should- the guy's stealing. Sure, sure. Or if he's stepping on your shit. And right. there are those are two instances that happen all the time. And what, what I mean by stepping on your shit, if folks who don't know stand up, like say if Eddie Ift had a joke about going to Jamba Juice, and it was like a signature bit about going to Jamba Juice, I might, if I want to fuck with him, if I was the middle act, I might go on stage and just make up my own joke about Jamba Juice that I wasn't doing the night before. But I'll do it, in, in, and I'll, it'll be clearly like, like I just slapped it together. But what I'm doing is trying to take the wind out of the sails of his Jamba Juice joke by already trampling on that subject. And it's a common thing yeah. that comics will do. What, what I do get – every once in a while I'll get mad about it, is somebody deliberately blowing the light and offensively blowing it. Like, like not just – you know they're supposed to do 30 minutes. And they end up doing 45. Especially because you have two shows and you have to close. I'll, I'll, I'll get mad yeah. about that. Yeah. But it also has to be – it's not five minutes over. It's when they go 10 or 20 minutes over. Right. I want to tear their face off like a chimpanzee does. I, I Well, that's rude and that's why people think you're on coke. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Look at this. You just say no, – I don't act like I'm on coke. You're like uh, someone is talking for an extra five minutes. 20. I, I said 20. I said off. 20. Like a monkey. Five minutes well, they I get exaggerate, away. Bro. <laughs> the, the comedy is in the exaggeration. So this this weekend I had to do a 15-minute act that was clean. And so I would, like, replace words. Instead of, like, throwing cum, I would say, like, throwing hot dog it juice. ruins your show. And I made it silly and goofy. And I also did a lot of just what I call math jokes, which is just, like, this happens, this happens, that's why that happened. It's kind of, you know, like, right. like dumb shit. Where and were it you? fucking worked. And I was like, this is horrible. This is the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. And you guys are loving it. This is stupid. Where were well, you? Well, that's silly because you should, you should just enjoy it. You know, you shouldn't get upset. Your, your issue right now, Brian, is we talked about this before the show, is that he's, he's like, known in a lot of places. But you don't do that many shows for people who don't know you. Right. So people who know you, they know you're uh, a silly bitch and you're ridiculous and you're always buying boner pills. So they want to hear this ridiculous shit out of you. But for people who don't know you, they're like, why is this guy talking about coming on the ceiling? Like, you know, like, what the fuck are you saying? You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, that's, that's, a, that's a tough combination. And it's also, you know, you, you know this very well, that you can fall into when you're always performing for your crowd. Mm-hmm. 
it gets easy. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can and, get soft. And you got to throw yourself into these situations where nobody knows you. Have so you that, watched anybody, yeah. like, recently that, like, disappointed the fuck out of you? Yeah, and I can't say who. I can't say who either. But, but it hurt saw, me. Oh, it was brutal. It uh, me, and, me, me and Diaz left 15 minutes into this dude's set. We're like, it we was, get out of here. It was the laziest thing I'd ever seen. It's a lot of that shit going and, around, man. And I, I almost wanted to, as a friend, tell him that you, you can't do this. There's a lot of people like that, though. You know, I've 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 always tried to do my very best to give a great show. Like I, I want to do the best to give the best at whatever I got at that point. And I'll have better shows and worse shows, but I'm always trying my best, always. And when I see someone that's like just sending it in or yeah, phoning yeah. it in, I'm like, and, and and especially if they're doing it and they they're doing it because they already have a devoted audience. I'm like, do you understand what an amazing position? Yeah, you're how in? lucky you are and you're how, cheating them. Like, did you see you saw the crazy Cat Williams shit? Where yeah. he's, uh, obviously there's an issue there. I don't yeah, know what the fuck yeah. it is, but do you know how many people? I mean, me, huge Cat Williams, Cat Williams fan. I, I would be so sad if I went to see him and that that went down. Yeah. You know, when he yells at someone in the audience and then leaves, and that's his whole set. Because I remember his fucking specials where I thought the guy was brilliant. I'm like, so fun. So fun to watch. You know, I I will never forget what it's like to be a fan. I think it's, it's the most important thing in order to, to still keep your zest for comedy is to still remain a fan of it. And also the struggle. Like, I struggled for so long. And, yeah. And that it, it started, well, you're still struggling in America. It, yeah, it, it started to happen for me really quickly. And I'm glad it didn't because... I would have been one of those assholes probably that just phones it. But what happened was I struggled for so long that now I value it so much more. Yeah, but you're a hard worker anyway. I mean, you're into CrossFit and you're always exercising. You're always you you put forth a lot of energy. You're not like a lazy guy who doesn't get shit done. It, you just fucked up and you got famous in Australia. Sorry, doing coke. Yeah, that's probably well. I, Colin <laughs> Quinn said to me one time, I was I was taking a cab from like the cellar uptown to the comic strip or something, and I shared a cab with Colin. And it was after Saturday Night Live, and he had done all this stuff. And I went, Colin, what are you doing? You know, like we're all young kids flying around to the clubs. And Colin was like a generation, like a couple of generations older. I'm like, what are you doing with us? Why are you doing this? And he's like, he's like, because every time I see one of you little fuckers on stage doing a good joke, I, I think I got, I got to write one better. I have to. And it's, I think it's compulsive among us. When I see a comic killing it, I'm like, I got to go home and write jokes. You know I what gotta, else makes me want to write jokes? When I see someone eating it. When I see someone bombing. I listened to uh, Comedy Central Radio today on uh, Sirius XM. You know, Sirius XM has yeah. a bunch of different yeah. channels. And uh, my main car, for a long time, I have not had satellite radio. And I've just been listening to podcasts. But I was in uh, a truck today. Mm -hmm. And so as I'm driving around, I'm listening to all this stand-up. And it was... Terrible after terrible after terrible after terrible. <laughs> I couldn't wait to go home and write. I'm like, this is just if I ever well, had a set. Well, it I, was a closing bit that a guy did, and after the bit ended, you know, it's like, thank you, good night. I was like, you got to be fucking. Kidding. Oh, like that was your closer. <laughs> this is the laziest piece of shit I've ever heard in my life. There's like zero thought. People into that this. don't know, you, you try to put your best, like your strongest bit yes. last. Yes, and uh, so that. When you hear "thank you, good night," you're like, "That shouldn't have come. that should have it been his second joke." A hunk of shit. It was such a hunk of shit. Bit. But I went to I I went in there one day to Sirius XM to to host some show, and I said, "Who's in charge here?" And they of programming the, the the comedy, and they were really cool about it. I sat down with them, and I went through all my bits that they play, and I said, "Don't play that one anymore. Don't play that one. 
don't play that one, don't play that one. Like, I took out, like, shit that I'm, I want retired forever that I am not proud of anymore. Right, you know, right, and as I, right. And that's why I constantly send them new shit, too. I'm like, play this stuff. This is the stuff I'm proud of. Get it's always stuff. funny, too, when you listen to stuff that you think sucks. And obviously, somebody liked it. There's people that were laughing that were playing it. When I, I just thought it sucked. But then, all of a sudden, boom, someone comes on who's actually funny. You know, yeah. like they like, they played uh, Brian Posehn special. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm laughing. Yeah. You know, like out of nowhere, like, oh, this is actual comedy. But before that, I was just listening to nonsense. It was like somebody who just like structures sentence and said in a certain way. And I'm supposed to think it's hilarious. I'm like, such a fan of comedy that I like when I'm listening to that stuff. And there's a comic I don't like. And all of a sudden they get I get them and I start liking them what? like like a comic that I would see in the club. And I'm like, oh, I didn't like that. And it might have been five years ago. And all of a sudden I hear something new and I'm like, oh, they've gotten funny. Uh, yeah. And I like to see like people are like if they've oh, actually gotten funny. People, you're, not, you're telling me you're getting hypnotized and you no, like would they actually have. Be I've seen guys that weren't funny become so funny. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. And it's one of the great like I that is a beautiful thing. I love that. And yeah. people think, oh, comics are so competitive and they all hate it and they want to see. No, I want to see everybody. I would love to walk in a comedy club and have every comedian fucking make me laugh. You buying this? I, I do because I, I felt him? the same way. And this guy, though? I mean, I, well, I don't know. He does coke. I, I mean, I, I felt the same way. There's like Brody Stevens is a perfect example where when I first met Brody, I fucking hated him. I was scared of him. And, Why and, did he always make you? I always loved Brody. I don't get it. Because I knew what, Brody before you. I thought he was. He awesome. made me laugh well, from day one. I know when he was barking at the comedy cellar. Yeah, I knew him from from uh, yelling or opening from the Man Show. He was the audience warm up guy. And he was just like really hard. Like I remember, he was just like like we were slaves, like screaming at us. I just remember he's just screaming at us. And I we're think like, you were probably way too high, and you fucking freaked out. Yeah. Well, then I met you know I saw, met him a couple months later at the comedy store with you, and I got to see him. And then it was like, all right, I'm, I see what he's doing here. Fucking now I love him. Brody. He used to bark outside the comedy cellar to get people. He worked for them, and his Brody job did? was to get people in the seats. You know, come on, two for one. Da -da. And he was so fucking funny, barking people and people, comedy downstairs. Well, that's where I think he's like at his best. Like he like has a warm up. He's like the greatest warm up greatest. ever. He's really fun the way he does it. And when you you know like when you see a guy like that just completely ad living. One of the best shows I've ever seen. Best sets. You ever see a you know you know when you see a, a show and it's like uh, it's a late show and there's many comics have been up and it seems like the room's dead and then one guy comes in and just with magic just yeah. runs around yeah. the room. Brody Stevens took his shirt off and started swinging it over his head while he was screaming for everybody to wake up. The show's not over, and there was like some music playing. And he got on stage and he had Did drum he play the drums, yeah. the drumsticks. And but it was the way he did it; like it was all ad libbed. He just went with the flow of things and, and took the audience on a ride. You know why? If you talk to Brody, he is—he's truly in the moment. Yeah, it's all about that show right there. Oh yeah, it's yeah. not about. Uh, well, I already have all those good shows I've done. Or he's about what am I doing right now? Yeah, and he will—he'll feel like shit after that show if he didn't do well. So he's—he's he's fucking performing for his life. He's like, I gotta win this crowd. I have to kill. And there's something about that. I mean, that—that that makes him great. Well, he loves it. You know, he loves. He's still a fan of stand-up comedy. 
that's that's those are the best guys. The, the, the guys are the most fun, are the guys who are actually still appreciate it. Because it, there's a weird thing that happens when somebody's been doing stand up for a long time, and then all of a sudden they decide that oh, I'm fucking hate it. I hate stand up. I hate my crowd. I hate this. I hate that. And they just don't want to do it anymore. And it's like, man, like I really think you need to rethink this. Like I've gone through phases where it's not that I hate. Well, where I'll go. I hate where I'm at right now. And I, what happens usually is I start bombing then for a while. And it's – I actually welcome like a bombing period, like of like a month of bombing where I'm – A month? Not, not, not like bombs, but like I, I'm an extremist. I'll say I killed or I bombed and it will just be average. And uh, it – but when I have a bad period, I'm usually about to come into a whole bunch of new shit. Yeah, out of desperation. Yeah, I'm yeah. just angry about everything and the, the the act, and and then I write. You know, with Australia, I have to write a whole new hour every year. Have to, have like cannot go there without a new hour, and I freak out about it. Do you really like going there? Yeah, I do enjoy it. And but does it, but you're already famous there. And I wouldn't say I'm famous. I mean, you I'm, said I'm you selling. got you're a crowd there. Yeah, I've got a crowd, and I sell tickets. You know, but I'm not. But you don't famous. feel like you're there in America. Not, but not you want even to close. Be. No, not even. But you close. want to be, right? I would love to. So why don't you like just put all your emphasis on that? I probably should, but it's you know I got bills and stuff, and and Australia pays the bills. I mean, it does. How whatever. long do you go over there for? This year, I only did about six weeks. Oh, okay, okay. But I thought you were like no. I was Arge, doing, doesn't Arge for, do like six months? Arge or is there like almost half the year. I was wow. doing four months for a while. You know that is pretty badass though. If you can actually live in two different countries, because Australia is fucking cool yeah. as yeah. shit. If you can get used to being yeah. over there, and that becomes just like home to you, is it easy to get used to? Like compare, I've never been there. Yes. So it kind of yeah. absolutely. They're like Americans. It's you know, it's like cooler. The, Nicer, I mean, yeah, they they won't nicer. like me saying this, but it's like the fifty first state. Like they're so in tune with everything we're doing right. that you just you would be so. But they're more relaxed. Yeah, way more relaxed. They're more fun. Like the more relaxed. Like the the, the men are more like men. The women are more like women. Texas-ish? They're less hung up. Like, yes, very Texasish. Twenty very mil- Texasish. Twenty million. Twenty million people in a place as big as America. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So, you know, we've got three hundred some million people. They've got twenty million, dude. So it's, it's just a lot easier. You would life. fucking love it there. You yeah. would love it there. It's so nice there. The shows are fun as hell to and do there. Shows are amazing. Yeah, and it's uh, the the UFCs we've done there have been amazing. I really love it there. I've been there. There's a few countries that I would think about living in besides America. There's only two really. Australia's one of them, and Canada's another one. Because it would be the less like the least amount of uh, altering yeah. my life. You know, do they drive on the right side of the road? Which side of the road? No, they're they on the other side. Those motherfuckers. Yeah. That's bad. That's why you got to live in Canada. When you had David Lee Roth on, I listened to that episode when you were talking to David Lee Roth yeah. and he was talking about going to Japan. Yeah. And I was like, are you fucking crazy? He's so gangster. Like, that's crazy. He moves in an apartment in Japan, like, not knowing regular anyone. people. One that's of the biggest crazy. rock stars in the history of the universe. Fucking He's taking crazy. swords fighting lessons. I'm so with jealous. His dog. I would He's, do that. I couldn't. I almost he, went to Japan last. Like two you weeks could do ago. that, Brian. You know that could be your life someday. You could easily be that guy. It's, I'm, it's I'm fascinating. Going, I'm, I mean, going I'm not saying you'd be David Lee Roth. I'm, no, I'm just no. clear on that. But, but but what I mean is, you could be the type of guy that just decides to look. One day, eventually, it's going to be ridiculous that we're all sitting in a room together doing this. We won't need to. There'll be an emergent technology that's so fucking complete that we'll all be skyping this. We won't need to have like a, a studio where we show up. And this is probably of us. yeah, this is probably totally old school. So one day we're going to get to a point where there'll be some virtual place where we all meet to do a podcast, and all we're doing is sitting in front of our fucking laptop, slapping a headgear on. 
Yeah, or something. <laughs> or, you know, Oculus Rift or something right. like that. I mean, this, this, this Ustream setup in iTunes is probably going to be archaic in the future. I mean, being on Sirius Satellite Radio is going to be archaic in the future. It's, there's probably going to be some... Nobody saw this coming, right? So who the fuck is going to see what's coming in 50, 60 years or less? And that's you, buddy. You're on Mau- Maui, chilling, fucking drinking a Mai Tai, taking a month off of life, living there, still doing podcasts. Yep. It's possible. It's totally possible. I, I don't plan on being in L.A. very long. And I'm, I've been trying to figure out what's possible as far as, like, where could I live, where I could still I'd go, do. I'd go to Australia. We were having issues with, I mean, I, my parents are getting old, and I want to be near my parents. They're on the East Coast. But I'm still a five-hour flight away, whereas Australia, I'm 20 hours away. Right. Um, my fiance, her parents are East Coast. She, I met her over there. She's an American, but I met her there. I would probably pick up and leave if we didn't have the, you know, the families here uh, because I like it that much over there. And uh, also the dogs, taking my dogs over there, you got to quarantine them. And it's right. Like, I mean, I'd take them if, if there was no quarantine and it, I flew private or something, I'd fucking. Okay, so no family. And no you do- would just, no dogs. You would I'm just there. fucking live there. Yep. Why not, right? Yeah. You love surfing. You're there surfing. Yeah, surf every day. I'm There's there. There's a lot of sharks there, isn't there? West Coast. West Coast, they had five deaths <gasps> last year. That's how many are in the world every year? No. They had it in one year. That is bad. There's odds. talk it could be a Jaws, like it's the same shark. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, and the same, and they haven't caught it yet. No, it was just, just it was a weird fucking year. And I was there this year. I went to Perth and I looked into going surfing, and I was going to go down the Margaret River. And uh, I just went. Mm. I talked to one dude who used to surf there all the time. He goes, he goes. I think about sharks like one out of every twenty times I'm surfing. He goes, every day. I think about them every day, though. It's just it's been ingrained in us, even though it's such an unlikely incident. It's in my head. Well, a couple of years ago, morning. a guy died in Santa Barbara. That's that's like right. He was there. north of Santa Barbara. He was in like near Halama Beach. Okay, you would it know. It was Surf Beach, and it's a good beach. I've surfed it, but yeah. uh, the crazy thing about it: two years before that, same day, a shark killed a guy. Same day. Same day, two years earlier. You know when the one scares me the most? The one in San Diego. Where the, the swimmer guy was swimming, yeah, a hundred yards out, yeah, they were pretty far it was out. Like a triathlete, yeah, they were, uh, yeah, they were, they were uh, training. It's and all so of a sudden, rare though. You the other to... people are all with them. They're all aligned together. They're all training together, and you see this one guy just get cut in half. But but by a giant was monsters. he wearing like a brighter swimsuit or anything nope. different? No, than just the got lucky. And this fucking thing is like a sixteen foot great white. It's a big shark, and it cuts him right in half. You have a better right chance of, of getting everybody. killed by like a cow trampling stop, on stop, you. Stop your nonsense. That's not true because I'm nowhere near fucking cows. Okay, okay. if what you're if, out there in the ocean, you're in shark territory. What about dogs? But dogs I, this, kill way I more hate people. That nonsense scenario. There's a better chance of you getting hit by lightning than killed by a shark. Yeah. That's true. But that's not true if you're going in the fucking water, because most people aren't going in the fucking water. When people <laughs> say that shit, that's a dumb statistic. There's still millions that statistic and millions. That does not work. You know, you have a 0% chance of dying in a plane crash if you don't get on a fucking plane. Do you sure, know that? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. One, See, that's one. a real statistic. Yeah. Not this nonsense of it's more likely that you get hit by lightning. <laughs> there's a better chance. Apparently, more people die from vending machines falling on them. Zero percent of sharks <laughs> occur outside of the water. No sharks. Not if you talk to Australians. You'll think they fucking fly out of the water. Well, they can. Eat. They can fly out of the water. Speaking of which, I saw a, uh, the other day, and in, in, I was on Marco Island, Florida. I saw a stingray fly out of the water like oh my God. like five feet out of the water and then back in and Ugh. that's how that woman died 
on the boat in in uh, Key West or something. She was on oh, the boat. That's right. And a stingray just came out and fucking clocked her, and yeah. she hit the boat and died. Yeah, that's like, right. Like I think it was a head injury. Yeah. But, my God, could you imagine if you were there and you saw that happen? When I saw this thing come out of the water, I was like, "What the fuck?" Have you seen those fucking fish that fly out of the water when you're driving by in a boat? Are they swordfish? They're an invasive, an invasive species. Invasive species. They're a species. I think they're called. I think it's. Let me let me Google flying fish, fish, snakeheads or something like that. I think it's a snakehead. I might be confusing my fish. Yo, but what these these fucking things do is they fly out of the water, and they, these people are driving boats and they're like literally launching themselves at you. Can you hit them with tennis rackets? It's crazy. This, oh, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna f- see if I can find the uh, the very uh, find. It While you're looking for that, I know a guy that's been attacked by a shark twice. Oh my god! What is he retarded? Yeah, he's. Uh, that, does he hate himself? You can Google him, uh, Ben Vening. He was uh, he was in. Uh, uh, friends of mine hooked me up with him. They're like, "Hey, this dude will take you surfing tomorrow." And we were out in a bar, and I was like, "Oh, cool. Where are we gonna surf?" He goes, "We'll surf Talos Beach." which is on one side of Byron Bay, and I have stood up at the lighthouse and looked down at Talos, and if you look down, you can see dolphins, sharks, whales, all kinds of shit in the water. I go, I'm not fucking surfing there. And he goes, oh, it's cool, man. It's real. I surf it all the time. And I go, no way, man. Too much sea life there. I'm not going in. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, oh, he goes, I've been attacked. He starts telling me the story. I go, I saw you on the news. I saw you on the news. You're the guy. He goes, yeah. And I go, fine, I'm going with you. What are the chances the most unlikely incident happened to the same, you know, like, so, and he goes, well, I've, I've been attacked twice. And I go, fuck off. And he told me another time he was out there and a bunch of Makos were frolicking and he'd see them. Now, if I saw that, I'm out of the water. What's wrong with him? And, uh. He said uh, one of them broke free, came at him, and he just, like, started, like, punching at it and, like, pushing it away, and it, and it left him alone. But but the, the, the other shark, I think it was a white pointer, uh, bit his board, and you could see the teeth marks. You can Google and look at the picture. Is it because of, like, internal hemorrhoids or something like that, you think? What? That, that they came after him because yeah. of the blood thing? I cut my foot the other day in Australia pretty bad, and I didn't realize it was bad because, you know, when you're in water constantly, the blood's – Google flying silver carp. That's the fish. <laughs> flying silver carp are the ones that fly out of the fucking water when you, when you drive your boat. Yeah, apparently it's a little bit of blood that has to be in the water. That's it. Yeah, it's probably internal hemorrhoids. He might be getting turned out every night. That's why he kept on Brian, getting fit. please. Will you just fucking think about what you're saying before you say Well, that? if there's a little blood in your butt, that's Yeah, apparently it's just a little bit of blood that can... That's to, all it takes. There used like to girls be a, on their period like probably should never go in yeah. the water if they're sharks. Yeah. No, they say that. that. They say that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just don't get it. I mean, I I would imagine it would be really fun, but I just can't. I can't believe it'd be fun enough to risk. There used to be a rumor that uh, if you piss in your wetsuit, which everyone does, that Mm -hmm. the the urine gives off the same kind of scent that the blood does that attracts the sharks. Because there was a guy in South Africa. You need to see this video. He's riding the wave. He's up, cruising down the wave, up and down on the face of the wave. And two sharks converge on him oh, and grab that. him by the arm, and they they ram into each other, and that's why they let go of him. But uh, see these guys getting nailed by these b- fucking fish? They fly through the air, and they're all bloody too. What the fuck? Well, they land and they uh, get fucking shattered. I like how the guys just. But look at these up. fucking things. They just fly through the air, man. They're all over the place. What are they called? Silver flying silver carp, and they're an invasive species. See that? Like as these guys are 
Look at that. They're just f- flying all over like the place. Frogfish. I mean, they literally launch themselves in the air. And sometimes when you go through like a whole school of them and there's like an infestation, like it really can be dangerous. People getting hit in the head and shit. And these things are an invasive species. Like they've taken off. They're not supposed to be there, I don't think. And I think, if I remember correctly, they uh, somebody introduced them to these areas, and now they're just fucking taking off like crazy. How fun would it be? other fish out. How fun would it be like shroom or get really baked <laughs> and just go, go down here and get attacked? That'd How so funny fun. would it be if you died that way? No, I mean, that like, was on mushrooms way. and a fish lodged in his mouth. I think I'd rather choke to death. I think I'd rather die from uh, a shark attack than one of these things. These fucking things. What a crazy ass. Piranhas would be bad. Piranhas would be awful. What is wrong with these fucking fish, man? That's so weird. Did you ever watch the noodle, the catfish? Yes. Yeah, I love those shows. This is. I was in my fucking hotel room. I forget where it was, and I was bored out of my mind. So I watched an entire episode of this show where they like stick their hands in holes oh, yeah. and get catfish. If you don't know their what noodling is, their arms all bloody too. Yeah. If you don't know what noodling is, it's the weirdest fucking thing. Ever. They go through the mouth and out the gill. It's disgusting. And then yeah. pick them up. I mean, they're like. Like hundreds of pounds. You know, these fucking silver carp can get to be 100 pounds. That'll knock you the fuck out. They can get to be 110 pounds, and they fly through the fucking air. They were imported from China in the 1970s for use in aquaculture ponds to control plankton. By the early 1980s, both species had escaped into open waters in the southern states. Wow. This is a fish called a big head and the other one called a silver carp. Here's a dude noodling. This is fucking nuts, man. No established populations are known. The carp have been caught by commercial fishermen over the last few years. Apparently, people started eating them. Is that what an invasive species is when they bring it in? Yeah. They bring a fish. Was that noodling? Mm -hmm. These guys are so crazy. Because sometimes they get turtles. They reach in there and a snapping turtle's in there and they get their fucking hand bitten off. Like, guys have gotten fucked up doing this. Jesus. It's like rodeo cats. Well, some guys really get dragged underwater. Really? Yeah. They get fucked up, man. Because you got to get a good grip on these cunts. So really, it's it's such a primal way. That looks fake. That looks completely fake. Is it fake? <laughs> I don't know. It looks fake. But um, some of I mean, look. If you if you grab a hold of a oh my god. What is oh, that? Back. Catch a, a funnel one. head and release it. Wow, he's letting it go? Ooh, that's a weird... What's wrong with the thing's mouth? In where my parents live Look in Pittsburgh. What is that? It's hard to tell in that picture what's really going on. What a beauty. All right. Wow, he's going to let that thing go. I don't go. think that's real. It's hard to tell if that's real. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm sure there's some that are online that are real. Grab your arm and put it in the mouth of a hundred pound animal. Yeah, not and hang gonna on. do that. And it's in its environment. Not gonna fucking. I don't do think that. people understand how strong a fucking hundred pound catfish is no. either. Yeah, I mean, you ever like catch? It's the biggest fish you've how ever caught. Like twelve inches, and it was like, yeah. oh my god, look at the size of these catfish. Two hundred pound. That's what these are. Yep. Why are they so confident they can hold on to these things? Yeah, those things are still alive. But it's how weird is it that they can hold on to these things? Mm-hmm. They're still alive. They're in the water. Why don't they just freak out and get free? Like they're holding. If you don't watch the show, if you're just listening, these two, it seems like Russian, right? 
Speaking no, Russian? Il giorno dopo ne hanno già preso uno di 10 minuti più lungo. Allora sensazionale, arriviamo a, due, a tre metri ad andare alla fine della spagna. Ci Direi che non è un po' di Spanish. Is it? Is that Spanish? Okay. Yeah, that sounds like almost Italian. E li facciamo tornare nel loro ambiente. Un bel massaggino. Yeah, it sounds like Italian. Yeah, it sounds Italian. These fucking catfish, these guys, whatever it is, these catfish, these guys are holding are fucking boats. They're boats. Yeah. That's a seven foot long. That's the size of a dolphin. Beast. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. Uh, exactly. It's like a dolphin size. Mm -hmm. It's insane. When they catch those things, man, those things feed a whole fucking village. How are they going to let it go? Look at that. Good for you. They're like, I know where you live. I'm going to let you go. One day I'm going to call upon you. I'm going to turn you into sticks. <laughs> There's a, uh, the largest catfish ever caught. There's a photo of this. Uh, this I think it was like Thailand or something like that. They, they caught this insanely large catfish. I mean, and it shows, like, this whole, like, village, like, participating and cooking and eating this yeah. catfish. But it's it's a whale. I mean, the largest cat... Pull, Google that. Largest how, how catfish. How much is it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't want to even say because we can find it soon. Catfish ever caught. I think it's something enormous, like over 1,000 pounds. What? Here's a 220-pound catfish being caught. Let's see. The nine largest fish ever caught. Apparently, catfish is in that mix, which is insane. I think the largest fish ever caught is a shark, if I'm, if I'm correct. I think like a mako shark is like one of the largest fish ever really, caught. Really, a mako? Yeah, blue catfish is number nine. Okay, ready for this? World record blue fish. Oh, it's not nearly as big as I thought. It's 130 pounds. Okay, that's not the biggest catfish. No, because that one was 200. Yeah, the one we were just watching is 220 yeah. pounds. Okay, uh, tigerfish. This is how big the biggest ones get. Uh, tigerfish, 100 pounds. Alligator gar, 230 pounds. Jesus Christ. I'm pretty sure those get bigger than that, too. Largemouth bass. Wait, but they're big. sharks. They get okay, like thousands of pounds. Okay, this is it. Mekong giant grizzly bear catfish. The adult... Nine foot long, 646 pounds. Oh, my God. Mick Kong, giant catfish. 646. M-E-K-O-N-G, giant catfish. That's apparently the biggest freshwater. Is this with rod and reel? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. But the biggest fish ever caught is a, is a tuna. And the biggest fish ever caught is 1,496 pounds. Oh, that would get you. That'd make you some money. It's enormous. This guy's standing in front of this fucking thing, and it's bigger. It's way bigger than him. That's some serious cash. Yeah, that's a crazy fish, too. Tunas are just all muscle. Yeah. They're super gangster, you know? They're just flying around in giant schools jacking other fish. So if you can catch one that's a thousand fucking pounds. That's a lot of imagine money. Imagine a hundred thousand pounders under, under the ocean just fucking everything up in front of them. <laughs> and some asshole comes along with a fake fish and just... Ganks them. Ganks I, them out I, of went, world. I went down in the cage in South Africa with the great whites. Oh, you silly bitch. And uh, when you see these things coming at you, monsters. Oh, my Monsters. God. Why did you do that? Were you totally, con completely convinced that they were going to be able to keep the things away from you? Uh, yeah, well, they put you in the cage, and the top of the cage is open to the boat. So you can, like, climb out of the cage and into the boat. So it's almost like you're in a steel cage aquarium. 
And uh, but you got to put on a wetsuit and a snorkel and everything. And they they either run an oxygen you know like thing down to you, or you wear like a snorkel and you go up and down, like you hold your breath, go down and wash right. for a while. But you wait for four hours for the sharks to show up. <laughs> they they put fish oil in the water because it's illegal to put chum in the water. They can't do that. Well, weren't there like there was a show that they were filming in South Africa, I believe. Yeah, we were there. We were down at uh, I forget what the area. We were in I think Hermanus, and uh, there's a place like Seal Island. Well, or they something. blame these people yeah. for for a death because they were chumming to get the sharks to mm -hmm. catch sharks yeah. on their show. So they so they made that illegal, but they still put fish oil in the it's water. Not the same thing. And they, yeah, I, I think so, pretty much. And. Uh, they put fish oil in the water. Look and at that fucking catfish. Holy fuck. Oh, my God. It's the size, size of a dolphin. Whew. There's pictures of them. That's the tuna. That's the biggest fish ever caught, apparently. But these great whites, they were the big fuckers. They were as big as you can imagine. How big do you think the biggest great white is? How big do you think? What's the biggest great white ever caught? Because it seems like a great white would be heavier than a tuna. Probably no? like 20 foot. Does that make sense? Let's let's say biggest great white ever caught. I mean, I was looking at ones that were at least twelve, at least twelve feet long. Yeah. How much does a twelve foot long fucking shark weigh? Jesus <laughs> Christ! At least twelve. These were terrifying. Jesus. That's what are those lampreys? This okay, this is ridiculous because it's saying that sharks were caught that were over three thousand pounds. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, this is this is uh, we're we're apparently looking at a whack. well. It might that's be problem. It might we, be rod and reel. Well, you read things on the internet. That's the problem. Wow. What are these lampreys? These crazy They have killed a oh! twenty one oh! foot Yeah, that's one of those things oh! that clings onto sharks. Oh! They've killed a twenty one foot eight inch great white shark. That's like one of the biggest ones. Twenty one foot killed. Was that off that's, Montauk, New York? I don't know, I'm not sure here. This is uh, actually even almost as big as the one in the movie Jaws, which was uh caught by Vic Hiss Hislop in nineteen eighty five. It was the biggest great white shark ever caught. So in 1985, they caught the uh, the biggest great white shark ever. Huh. Wow. Suggestive of even bigger sharks. They also claimed to have caught a bigger one than the one pictured, but he couldn't land it. So he, he hooked a bigger one than the 21-foot one. I believe. I don't it. like that. Well, I was reading about it recently. Apparently, there's great whites are the ones that do all the killing off, like the coast of California. They go over to Australia, Hawaii. They they've found them over there, South Africa. But there's one out in the middle of the ocean called the oceanic shark. Check this out. These are ones that hang out in the middle of the ocean, and they're like bigger than great whites. Oh Jesus! And they don't come to the coastal regions. Well, what the fuck are they? Uh, they're just a big fucking motherfucker. They're called shark. oceanic sharks. They're the ones like when guys were getting shot down in World War II and their planes were like out in the middle of those. They're responsible for a lot of deaths because they'll clean up like a, a fucking whole shipwreck. You know, they're the, they're the ones that, uh, like the, wow. gr the great ones, are the whites are the ones that are right here, right off of fucking LA. They're, yeah, they've they've caught whale sharks before, but whale sharks aren't the same thing. Look up the ocean. Really look sharks. up the oceanic shark. Oceanic. Uh, I forget what it's like. An oceanic white or something. It's called the largest great white shark was caught off Phillip Island, and it weighed an I amazing. I just surfed there. Five thousand eighty-five pounds. I surfed there a month ago, Cape Willamette. Dude, 
Oh my god! <laughs> it was twenty feet eight inches long, and it weighed five thousand eighty-five pounds. Look at that fucking monster! You look at the size of that goddamn thing. How scary is that bitch? So oceanic shark? That's what I'm looking yeah, at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Phillip Island. God. I just surfed there, and they told me when we were going. They said this is known. It's a very sharky area, and I said, "Why?" They said, it's "There's a, a lot of seal, seal breeding," and I went, "Oh fuck." The oceanic white tip shark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, creepy <laughs> nature. You're so creepy. Why'd you create this? Wait till you go to Alaska. Go see a muskox. What is that? Look it up. When I saw Hold it, on, I'm just getting into sharks. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that they existed. We're driving down the road one day in Alaska, and I look over and I see this thing, and I go, "What the fuck is that?" And he goes, "Oh, that's a." You know, like a, a research lab because I was in Fairbanks where the university is. And I go, no, no, what's that animal? He goes, that's a muskox. And I go, no, you guys just made that up. That doesn't exist in my world. You made that up. And I it looks like we got an issue here, fella. What? Because this thing is saying you, you might have the wrong name, shark. The oceanic white tip. Yeah, because this is saying the largest one ever caught was only four meters. I think feet. I think they're responsible for a lot of deaths, and that's what it was that I read. That they they stay oh. out in the middle of the ocean. Well, what the fuck? That's a totally different thing. You saw yeah, that bitch. Sorry, I fucked up. Isn't there a bigger shark? Come on, Don, I don't want you to be completely wrong here. That's just sad. You told me about some awesome giant shark out there. And it turned well, out, no, no, because no, I was reading about because which shark? Somebody goes, oh, I saw a hammerhead, and I go, they don't even kill. And uh, okay, let's look up largest killer shark. So I was looking up which types are the most aggressive because you always hear different stories. Are bull sharks? Bull sharks are nasty. Tigers, makos. Do you know that bull ways. sharks? That the big thing that happened in New Jersey that inspired they go Jaws? up the rivers. Yeah, they go up the rivers. They go up the, the rivers time. into fresh water, man. Yeah. They found one as high north as Illinois. Uh, that show Monster Hunter. Do you remember that or Monster Quest? Did you ever see that no. show? Yeah, in in that show, there's a couple things that they un, un, unraveled on that show. It's pretty cool. Um, one of them was uh, bull sharks because there was like a myth that sharks had gone upriver into fresh water, like deep, deep into the country. But apparently bull sharks can survive in fresh water. They don't prefer it, but they can survive it. They, uh, they're nasty too, apparently, bulls. They're the ones that will attack you not, not for food. <laughs> they're just yeah. dicks. Yeah, they're evil, man. They're evil. They're really, really aggressive sharks. Um, what else is really – Tiger sharks. Those yeah, are tigers are now. Oh, there's a video that was on the internet. Uh, somebody sent me of a bunch of tigers. Uh, it's in Broome, Australia, where a whale beached like up. It's like in a foot of water, a foot of water. And these makos are all Ooh. just eating the fuck out of it. Oh. And they're flopping around in like a foot of water. And oh you're like, God. wow, they'll go into a foot of water. And these girls are all like taking pictures and stuff. And they're getting too close that these sharks but they're just feeding on this whale just like eating the sides off of it yeah i uh i've seen shit like that you yeah. know the creepiest thing i've ever seen animals feeding is a pile of komodo dragons have you ever seen that no dude god brian google komodo dragons uh feeding frenzy because they it's like it's like walking dead have you ever seen walking dead the movie, yeah, yeah. Or the TV show, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. how the zombies, the, yeah, they'll collapse on yeah. a body, and it's just all of them, like, just in a mass trying to rip this body apart and pulling chunks out. Komodo dragons. Look, this is uh, just w one image. This is just a few of them. This is a small group. 
This is only three. I'd rather, I've seen I'd rather die by shark attack. I've seen image. Yeah, the Komodo dragons. Are, that's a bad way to go. But Komodo dragons. There's images online if you're looking. Did you ever see, see the images online? A, like a shitload of them. Bitch. I don't know if this is fake, and I know a lot of people have probably seen it. Please don't send it to me again because I actually deleted it. I, I rarely like <laughs> don't look at things, but it was uh, it was a uh, like a bunch of drug dealers took a guy like out into the middle that's of it. fields. Look at this. These Komodo dragons all stacked on top of them. There's, a, there's an even better one than that. Because if you look a little further down on that Google image search, there's there's one a little further down. It's just so ridiculous. Oh, we don't want to die like that. Oh, they're ruthless, man. Well, these these like drug dealers took a guy out into the middle of this field. I don't know what they did to him. I think they – I don't know if they behead him first, but then these vultures come. And just pick away at his body. And it's a series of photos showing you the beginning to the end. And it's mm. just a skeleton. Have you ever seen one yeah. of those uh, Tibetan sky yeah, the, funerals? It's an actually a religious thing. It's no, a, no, no. He's talking about a different thing. He's talking about people. There's there's two ones. Oh. You're, what you're talking about is the Tibetan sky funeral. What he's talking about is them torturing and killing oh. somebody and leaving their body to vultures. But there's two different things. What's the Tibetan sky funeral? People do it to people they love. Oh, great. They take their body when they die, and they cut it up, and they feed it to vultures, and they actually film it. Hmm. They film it and take photographs of it, and people request it. They said, look, if I die, I want you to feed me to the vultures because at least then you know, your body goes – it's used for something. And they go hardcore with it. They smash up the, the, the skull after the, the uh, vultures go through the body. They smash up the skull so that the vulture eats that too. Don't Google image search it. It's gross. Google image search it. Oh, Pull it up. We'll, we'll end did with you, that. Did you have Kenny Hotz on your show? Was Kenny versus Spenny? No, no. Comedy Central show that used to be on the air where they'd compete against each other? Yeah, no. I, I, I had know. him on my show. <laughs> He's some fucking maniac. He, on one of his shows, he does all these crazy shows, he ate a human body. What? Yes. He had, uh, they grinded up teeth. He ate teeth. What? He ate skin. Uh, he's a maniac. He's a hilarious guy. Why would he do that? Because he's crazy. Ooh, watch God. the watch the uh, watch some of the YouTube videos of Kenny versus Benny. He had this one that they always compete against each other, and one was who can eat more meat. And he was grinding up meat and making meat shakes. This is the Benton Sky funeral. And there's worse where it's just just like a side view yeah. of a person's face. This is just these, this guy. They tie him down too, so the vultures can't carry him off. So they have to finish it right there. Ugh. Tie him down. The vultures go through him. Then they untie yeah. him. Smash Rather up have a vending bones. machine fall on me. They have a whole bunch of them come down too, but no, you're already dead. If I might, yeah. Well, I still. Some people want to die that way. They want to, or they want to be dealt with. They want their corpse to be dealt with that way. Might as well make a spectacle. Well, well, the way we do it is really weird. We we poison the body, so that nature can't consume it not nearly as easily. So it's like you could dig someone out of a hole that's been there for like a year, like taxidermy. Yeah, well, when you watch that show, like those autopsy shows, autopsy shows where they have to exhume bodies, a lot of times they're doing it, and the person's a fucking year plus in the hole, and their body's still there, you know, because you formaldehyde the shit out of it. And well, the the funeral too, the open casket funeral. I don't think there's anything creepier. Oh, it's weird. I don't know, I don't know why anyone does Have it. Have you had anyone you know? Close? Oh fuck yeah, to- yeah. Ton- I grew up Catholic and they they do that and I'm like stop. How many have you been to? A lot. Yeah, it's fucking gross. It's, it's so gross. But it's weird that it's the standard. You know, I'm pretty sure they make you embalm someone even if you're gonna cremate them. Really? I think so. I think they take. I don't think they like go straight cremation, right? Isn't that the case? No, I don't think so. 
Okay, I think you're wrong. I think uh, I get creeped out. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he changes. Because Joey Diaz has a friend that is actually an Undertaker. They Uh, they might drain the blood, but they probably don't replace it with a. Do you know how they drain the blood? They. uh, I think they have to for sanitary reasons. And they put them on the table uh, to drain the blood. I don't know why I'm talking about this. I hate this shit. They uh, because there's a story. I got a friend of mine a job uh, at a funeral home. I knew a funeral director, and I got this guy a job when we were in college, and. He's Jewish, and he had never been to Jewish funerals. They don't do that. Uh, He went to the funeral home. He was working there washing cars, watching the hearse and the limos and everything. One day, the guys that he worked with, the first day, said, hey, go in that room and get some more sponges. He goes in the room. It's the embalming room, and there's a body on the table, and they cut them at, like, the wrists and the ankles, I think, and just let the wrists and, like, legs hang. And so all the body – all the blood drips – and the floor is like a graded floor that right. just Collect catches the all the blood underneath, oh. you know, and there's drains underneath. So he walks in the room and sees them. He just sees his body and Whoa. just fucking loses it and runs Boo. home. Quits the job. Doesn't even go to pick up his check Boo. for one day. He was like, fuck that. That's haunting. Here's the answer to that. Um, there's no state law that says a body must be embalmed before cremation. It's a bit more complicated. Some states require that a body be burned. Uh, buried, cremated, embalmed, or refrigerated within a certain amount of time. So what happens, though, is that uh, funeral homes will rip you off. And that if you say that you want to uh, get the body cremated, if they get a hold of it before, you know, like, you know what I mean, it gets brought, someone's body gets brought to a funeral right. home, if that happens, a lot of times they try to sell you on embalming the person before cremation. They just sell, tell you that it has to be done, but it doesn't have to be done. Yeah. And apparently, apparently, like, that's like, like there's a lot of money in taking care of dead bodies because yeah. people are forced to do something about it. Yeah. You can't just bury your friends. You're not allowed to. Like it's not legal. You can't just like say, you know, hey, you know, uh Bobby died in a car right. accident. Do you mind if we take him and I want to put him in my backyard behind the apple tree? No, you, like, no, you can't fucking yeah. you can't bury your friend in your yard. It has to be in a funeral home or rather it has to be uh in a a mortuary whatever uh, you know it's got to be a cemetery you got to be you know it's got to be taken care of in a certain way you can't just throw them in the hole you have to embalm them before you throw them in the hole i think for the most part mm-hmm. you know i think uh, costco sells uh caskets, caskets and so yeah. does amazon i believe <laughs> wow amazon i'll never sells understand caskets. that i'll never understand that either the amount of money that's put into them too like you know the deluxe bottle that yeah. you're putting it in the dirt in an hour <sighs> i get it if you want to i mean how much do people spend on their weddings you know some people have these crazy million dollar weddings look there's a there's a coffin it's like look it's the size of a boy Oh god! Okay, that's <laughs> that is fucking depressing. <laughs> you watch, Please shut that off. Do you watch the Brazilian prank show where the, no. the coffin is in the elevator? No, it's the same one where uh, yeah, the, where the little witch comes out of the fucking that's the best. or the I girl. Seen that either. Oh, it's oh, a fucking great show. That. So amazing. It's fucking great. The best prank ever. Really? You're in, they're in the elevator, and uh, the lights go off in the elevator. They got a camera in there, and then a girl. Oh, don't tell me. Don't tell me. I'll watch it. I'll it's watch it. Awesome. I'll, I'll watch it online. I'll watch but, it online. But watch the one with the casket. What's it called again? Uh, just look Brazilian just put, prank yeah, show. Ghost girl. Ellis. Okay. Elevator scary. Ghost girl. Brazilian prank it's show. Amazing. You, you can watch it for hours. No. Yes. No, yes. No, watch no, it. No. Watch no. 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 I don't want to watch it. I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm past that shit. <laughs> you enjoy it. Have a good time. Uh, that's it, Eddie. Anything to add to the the powerful people Twitter out there me. in the world? Twitter me at yeah. Eddie Eft. I can't, I, get Twitter I can't get Twitter followers. I think it's some spelling of my name or that I don't Twitter. What do you well. mean? 
What's the matter? I got like 16,000. How dare it's, you? I know. It's ridiculous. How dare you? It's because you're fucking around over in Australia. They don't use Twitter over there. They don't. Do they not? Some people. It's not as big. Mm. It's not big in a lot of places, too. Like, I notice a lot of people from Texas don't use Twitter. Oh, you're out of your mind. Texas is flooded with Twitter. Austin, South by Southwest, is a huge fucking Twitter destination. Every person I know from Houston doesn't do it for some reason. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think a lot of folks, like regular people, they don't want to do it. I mean, for comedians, so it's gigantic. Facebook, Twitter. All right. Thanks to uh, Hover.com. Go to Hover.com forward slash Rogan and get 10% off domain name registrations. Thank you to Onnit.com. That's O-N-N-I-T. Use the code name Rogan. Save 10% off any and all supplements. My T-shirt company, Hire-Primate.com, for those asking. We ordered new versions of all the shirts they're in, but the Run JRE shirts are already out. Um, so uh, I ordered a fuckload more this next time, so hopefully that won't happen again. Um, JoeRogan.net, the tour dates are all up there. So if you're uh, in Alaska or Vegas or Seattle or Boston, I'm coming to see you. Are you going to Texas anytime soon? When are you in Vegas? Milwaukee, uh, July 5th, Vegas. All right, that's it. We love the fuck out of you people. And uh, we'll be back on Monday. i got to... I gotta do my TV show and talk to more crazy people. Jihad!